Tonight's episode of the BS Podcast and the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by DAZN. Stream over 100 fight nights a year without the pain of pay-per-view. Includes Canelo, Triple G, Bellator, whatever you want. They even have a little baseball show they like to call Change Up. It's a live whip-around show every night of the week. Everything live on demand. Getting set up with DAZN easy. Download the DAZN app available on nearly any of your devices. Go to DAZN.com to sign up. We're also brought to you by Lisa. They know how important rest is to a better life. They're the foundation of a healthier, happier you. Lisa's most popular multi-layer foam mattress made with premium foams for cooling, contouring, and pressure-relieving support. How's that been for you, Kyle? Good. It makes me up my like pillow game. I'm going to get a new bed frame. It's just got me thinking, you know? Wow. Yeah. Look at that. A ringing endorsement from nephew Kyle. Don't miss out. Live healthier, live happier by resting deeper order today. Get 15% off your purchase for a limited time at lisa.com slash BS. Use promo code B-S-L-E-E-S-A dot com slash B-S. Let's talk about the ringer.com, the world's best website. We are still licking our wounds after Game of Thrones is finally over. We're still writing pieces about it, though. And you can listen to Binge Mode, which is coming on Thursday morning. The biggest Binge Mode podcast there is. Um, speaking of Binge Mode, Jason Concepcion, one of the hosts of Binge Mode, um, he has another show called NBA Desktop for us. It won the Sports Emmy for Digital Innovation on Monday night. So congratulations to him and to Jason Gallagher and to our whole Ringer video crew, everybody that works on that show. We were very excited. Love seeing the pictures of those guys holding the uh, trophy on Monday night. Um, it's just a fun show. It's nice to see uh, people acknowledge it. Very happy for everybody. Uh, congrats on that. Coming up, Ryan Rossillo and I, it is a Tuesday night. We just watched Bucks Raptors. Did not go the way we thought. And now we're going to do a podcast about it. But first, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, Ryan Rosillo is here. Wow, everything was perfect today. We, we the sugarfish order was awesome. Fired up for some games, a little game four. Historically, one of my favorite games in any series. Really shows a lot about both teams. St. Louis Sh Blues. St. Louis Blues making the uh, Cup Finals. Bruins. Do you know, do you know how long it's been? Seventy Redux. Yeah. Is that the last time they made it? Blues. Yeah, I guess I just saw it. Unless somebody was wrong. I'll never forget, I was eight months old, watching Bobby Orr soar through the air after he scored and just going nuts. <laughs> you were locked in early. <laughs> What's the earliest sporting event you actually remember? Okay, I used to think, my father and my grandfather used to take me to Holy Cross football games. Yeah. And that was the first sporting event I remember being at. And I think I was three or four. And I thought, because they brought the sticks out to measure, and at the same time, they took a guy off the field in like a wheelchair. Oh, Jesus. And I thought that meant if you screwed up in the game, they brought these spears out and stuck them through your feet. So like three or four, I'm like, fuck football. I'm not playing this game. And that was the end of Game of Thrones, coincidentally. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. My first one was the final Flyers-Bruins game in 74. I actually remember that. How remember old were watch you? watching one nothing. I just remember. I don't remember anything else about that season, but I... You know, was watching all sports, but I just remember the one nothing loss. So four 
So I, years I was old, like, you remember? I was like sc- four and three fourths. Okay, yeah, that's when you're starting to remember stuff. Because yeah. can you ever like? Do you know your first memories? Can you remember like? Okay, this is when I sort of was conscious of what was going I, on. Seventy five is when it's when when I was nineteen seventy five. So I was like five and a half, six. Like I really do remember some of the seventy five Red Sox stuff. But do you remember stuff in like nursery school when you were four? Yeah, like burning yeah. your leg in the radiator. Yeah, like it's right, all like right. the traumatic stuff. Yeah, right. I yeah. got punched in the face by a girl. My <laughs> nose bled. Like that was a pretty good. You don't memory. remember any of the good moments. No, no, just relaxing with Cheerios. Yeah, but yeah, sports wise, football, Holy Cross games, the first thing. But I wasn't. I, I didn't know what was going on. I mean, again, I thought they used to stick a spear through your foot when you made a bad play. So I wasn't real locked in. That would be. That's I think part of the XFL. Yeah. They're bringing that back. Raptors, Bucks. Imagine talk shows, though. Be like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we maiming players? <laughs> Raptors, Bucks. We both thought the Bucks were going to win tonight. No. You I picked thought, the Raptors in the series. I think this series is Kawhi, going. Injured Kawhi. You really thought the Raptors were going to win with Kawhi? Uh, no, I didn't think they were going to win this way. I just don't know what to believe until I see what Kawhi was going to look like. And yeah. he was, they were up 12 and he was only three of eight. For ten point for ten points, so this was the bench game. So no, I didn't think it would happen this way, but I thought everybody was as great as Milwaukee looked in the first half of game two, and I thought that was like an insane stretch of basketball by any standard in the entire playoffs. I still thought people were a little bit like losing their minds of just printing up shirts for a Milwaukee championship here. A Milwaukee championship or a Milwaukee yeah. Finals appearance? Uh, I I was excited to see Toronto at home. Like I I actually thought they were going to be able to get back into the series. But I didn't think they were going to do it this way with a bench. So I know we have a bunch of different stuff to go. Well, I think, yeah. So you start with the guards have another rough game for Milwaukee, and then none of the bench guys really come through either. But it goes back to me with the guards. That was my biggest fear with this Bucks team. I thought they were going to win this series. But heading into next round when the Warriors, when that spotlight's really bright, I just want to trust my guards. And this has been an issue... You know, you saw Cleveland had it that year after Kyrie left when they just had a bunch of dudes nobody really trusted, and then it manifests itself in certain ways. But we've seen this with other playoff teams. I don't trust Bledsoe. We talked about it on Sunday night with uh, with Sal, I just, especially on the road. I just don't think he makes good decisions. And I think when he's bad, he can be kind of shockingly bad. And then Brogdon was the one I trusted the most. He was terrible tonight. And then George Hill has been traded 17 times in the last three seasons. And those are the people that are really handling the ball. If Giannis can be contained, which Toronto has figured out how to contain him and how have they contained him by sagging off those guards and double teaming him. I think teams, not to say you're ever going to stop this guy, like as, as bad as it looked in game one against Boston from Milwaukee, you go, okay, but if we're all right about who Giannis is, one of the three, one of the five best players in this league, MVP, He's, he's going to go off. He's going to have some nights. Nice re- There's just not much you can do. But I I do think with him, because of the way they run this, and I feel this like about, you know, this is how I feel about Houston, the separation of Golden State Houston, is that the more you play it, the more you kind of get used to it a little bit. And yeah. I don't, I don't think that that's that revealing a thing and that it's not figuring out Giannis. It's just not losing your shit about it. And when those perimeter guys start hitting everything, then it's all connected. And Brogdon was terrible. Bledsoe now in this series is 3 of 12, 3 of 10, 3 of 16, 2 of 7. Today was an improvement, basically. He's down to 20 minutes. He, I mean, he was he, he didn't even noticeably pl- benched in this right. game. And he's 9% from three on five attempts in this series. Well, and, when, I, when mean, I ripped him on Sunday's pod, 
and said, just basically like this, I've been worried about this specifically all along with this team because I just don't trust him mm-hmm. on the road and with the spotlight. And I was bracing for Buck's Twitter. We <laughs> One guy or all of them? Yeah, all of them. Buck's Twitter is salty. Like they, you know, they've had a lot of losing and they're just They're salty. nasty. They're vicious. Vicious, vicious. Like, like uh, so, like, wait a minute. I but also you, super sweet if you're on their side. I don't want like it though. I don't want it. The Rottweiler that you, you can pet, certain people can pet, other people like stay away from that dog right now. Um, and the even Buck's Twitter is like, yeah, but so it's, it's, it's a problem. Fingers crossed. It's one of those things. So, you know, there's a couple of things going on with him. One is if he's not good- First of all, can they get through this series? Then second, if he just continues to crater as his playoffs go along, they've already given him the extension. Yeah, they but it gave was a, him the seventy mil. I think in it this seemed world, like a bargain. Yeah, but, ooh. and then you look at what he did over the. I mean, he was really good this year. So seventy mil extension in today's world is shades of. I hate to compare the, him anyone to Andre Blatch, but when the Wizards gave Andre Blatch the extension. And then when they had the amnesty chance, they amnestied it, but it hadn't kicked in yet. One of my favorite Ernie Grunfeld moments. I liked it. I liked that Blatch contract because I thought he could play all five positions. (laughs) He's a creator. Right. I followed him on Twitter. I think I still may. He's not a high volume content guy, but if you go back through some of those tweets, we used to do this Wizards Daily Show. Remember when they were really bad? It was all those dudes. It was yeah. like Jordan it was a rough crew. Crawford. And then yeah. I think, um, well, JaVale was on the team. Nick Young was on the team. It was unbelievable that that team existed. And then there'd be stories. So we started doing these segments, what was called Wizards Daily, where we would find these stories. It'd be like, JaVale McGee gets into altercation because the Wizards, yeah, Wizards weren't recognized and they had to pay cover. It wasn't <laughs> like anything nasty that JaVale yeah. did wrong or anything. And it may not, to be totally fair, because I, I don't want to get this wrong, it was one of the guys on the team. So it may not even have been him, but there would always be these things and it was just, they were the most delusional guys ever. And then Blatch would just tweet out, be like, just walking the beach alone, gathering my thoughts. <laughs> like, what? What are you doing? He was surprised. That team missed its calling. Twitter was really rounding into form at that oh, point. It would have been Five magical. years later, it would have been a magical Twitter team. Because they were always, things were always going on with them that had nothing to do with even the bad basketball that was going on. Arena specifically was about five years too early. Because even he was one of the first, you know, blogs were kind of starting in 0203. I remember he was writing a blog for somebody and was the first one who was kind of tapping into the multimedia connect with the fans thing, but it, the universe didn't really exist like it did now. Nowadays, if you took, if you took O4 Arenas and just put him into 2019, I mean, he'd be calling everybody out. He'd be challenging people. He'd be crazy. He'd be writing. He, he'd be like a combination of five crazy guys we have now. I miss him. It would be funny though, because then you'd have people like he would do something just wrong. Like he would say something wrong. And then in today's world, you'd have somebody saying, but it was Gilbert Arenas right to say that all 30 owners should just give the team to high school kids. Right. <laughs> you know, like, does he Arenas always, have a point? <laughs> <laughs> he was always straddling the line of complete insanity. And then the guns in the locker room thing happened. And then it wasn't that much fun anymore. No, that's when you were. Guns in the locker room is kind of not a lot of comedy in that. Part of it. But anyway, with I'm the- I'm trying uh, to find, I wanted to look at everybody's field goal attempts. Jordan Crawford led the team in shot attempts. God, Jordan e- Crawford. Even though John Wall played 69 games, Jordan Crawford, 
He was for the season on 16 attempts a game. All right, because he didn't play full. Jordan season Crawford took 16 shots a game. Yeah, but he only. This is the season I'm looking at here. Is I thought 20, the 09 Wizards was the crazy one. That was the team that led to John Wall. Yeah, uh, Crawford that year shot 39 percent and 24 percent. The advanced metrics love them though. Yeah, his Blatch, his Nick his Young. bricks led to more re- offensive rebounds than any guard that year. Wait, can we get back to Bucks Raptors? I don't feel like I've. I just want to make sure we're not leaving anybody out here of the crazy wizards. Yeah, people? the Renus, Nick Young, Crittenden. I mean, how can Crittenden be forgotten? No, he never, doesn't get. He forget. doesn't get counted in there. Never. Cartier Martin. He only had eight games that one year. Cartier Martin. I don't remember him. You don't remember him? But Al Thornton. Remember Al Thornton? Everybody, people really liked him. I liked him for the draft. Can yeah. we talk about the Bucks? Yep. So, fifteenth, fourteenth pick. Bucks are a different team at home than on the road, much like the Celtics last year. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure they'll have their crowd behind them. I don't really trust Toronto's guards either, and I think you your guards need to come through on the road. The one thing I didn't like these past two games, beyond just how badly some of the Bucks players played, was Giannis seemed mentally tired to me. We were talking about it during the game. I didn't think he was physically tired. I, there seemed to be a, there's a weight on my shoulders now vibe to how he was carrying himself tonight that I didn't like, because I think it's starting to dawn on him that whatever they had during the season where it's like, I got shooters around me and, and they can only do one-on-one because we have all the shooting and I can just beat dudes off the dribble and I'll just find people or I'll go to the rim and this is easy. And now it's like those shooters aren't making shots anymore. And now it's not easy. And now it's like, Oh shit. Now, What's plan B? Now, I don't know if that's going to carry over Milwaukee or not, but it was the first time that I, 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 you could see in his head him trying to solve whatever was going on and couldn't figure it out. You're better at detecting that stuff than I am because I don't, I, I didn't think feel it's like it simple. Had the swagger. Yeah, but I don't know that anybody, when they're losing, like, look, they were down 14. They had a really nice stretch with the Baca. I think it was like a 23 to 7 stretch with the Baca. They get it up to 14. Then it goes to seven, and Did then it kind of lingered like around. Decisive though, I just think there's a second guy there. Like I think sometimes we see guys losing, and we think they're supposed to be happier. And you're like, well, when you're losing, no, I'm not, I'm happy. not talking about a happy, sad thing. I'm just saying, like, I felt like all year watching him, I was always amazed by how he was solving stuff the way LeBron used to. Where when LeBron really started to figure it out, it's just like, here's a problem being thrown to me, I'm solving it, which is what made the 2011 Finals meltdown so weird because you could see how far in his own head he was with it. And this Bucks thing, Giannis wasn't as bad as, as LeBron was in the finals, but it, I, I just could see in his eyes that he was having trouble figuring out, all right, what's the answer? And, I, and, but don't and you why think, is because I don't think there was an answer. No, and I, I don't think there's an answer when no one's hitting shots. So well, the, but that's their bad, whole offense. So their whole offense is we create space for Giannis and yeah, we hit shots. Right. If the shots aren't going in, I don't really know what they're supposed to do. Middleton had 30. He looked like he didn't miss. And so it's weird that like Middleton has one of those nights and he didn't. He was 11 of 15. And that's actually after missing a couple of shots. I think he yeah. was like eight of nine at one point. And Giannis, you know, he didn't take a ton of shots for him. 17. It's not a lot, but they don't, they don't worry about Bledsoe. Lopez only took five shots. They don't worry about Brogdon at all. You know, he, but Brogdon like, was good earlier in the series. Yeah, but I'm just talking about tonight. Yeah. So, like, every from what I saw from like a basketball strategy thing, it felt like the court started shrinking on Giannis. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, how does he figure it out? He usually figures it out with 
ahead of steam or with space. They or took the I ahead of steam away. Right. Yeah. So it's, let's just, I mean, the thing with Giannis, you're just going to make sure people shade over and then you get killed with guys shooting outside. That's why that game two thing, I'm going, you know what? Like, maybe this is going to be a, like, I still wanted to see Toronto go home because, you know, like, let's see him go home and see what happens here. But that game two first half scared the hell out of me that I was like, why would you even hang on to this Raptors pick at all? But there's going to be nights with these guys. Like, this this Milwaukee team is actually kind of funny that way. Because when it's right, it's like, man, what an unbelievable system. Budenholzer's incredible. Look at Giannis. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And then there's a night like tonight, you're going like, who am I really scared of? Who am I really scared of? Like When they, when they weren't even guarding Bledsoe in the yeah. second half, that was a red flag. So, it's... Maybe more Connaughton? Herder? Maybe more Herder? Can they trade for Herder? <sighs> Do they have a max slot available? Why did you vote first team for him for all, for all rookie team? I can't believe you did that. I can't believe I was I the only one. Him. Why was he 10th in rookie votes? Why so, was he last of any of the rookies? So we talk about the difference between Giannis at this stage of his career and LeBron. And the difference is even in the 07, 08 range, when LeBron's supporting cast fell apart around him, and that was a worse supporting cast than what Giannis has right now. Way worse. Yeah, I mean that was a that's an unbelievable accomplishment. But he could kind of become a one man offense, and I don't think Giannis has that particular set of skills yet. The totality of what he does is great, but in that terms of oh shit, nobody else has it. I got this. I don't think he can do it. But think how bad it looks sometimes though too when a guy like we are real tough on these guys because it's yeah. like hey, you know what? Solve it. And then there's times with Kawhi, who we don't think has ever been labeled a selfish player other than, you know, the Spurs thing. But I'm saying his actual approach to the game. I don't think anybody said, hey, it's selfish. But look at the end of that Philly series. He was right. the only one that was comfortable out there other than Ibaka in game seven. And I'm and, not sure. Giannis feels like he might even be two years away from what Kawhi is now. Yeah. So, so what I'd be saying, though, is that like if, if you wanted Giannis to maybe figure this out or carry that burden or do some of those things, I think sometimes it looks terrible. And then we start going like, oh, these are just bad shots. And now you're just shooting to be able to say you're the guy. Their outside guys didn't hit any shot. Bledsoe's been a disaster now for four straight games, carrying over really a little bit of the other series. I don't know if there's a lineup thing. You seem to want to try this big lineup, which I think would actually be interesting just to see what happened. Well, if my, if my guards suck, then I'm, I'm trying weird shit. And the trump card I have is Giannis can play any position. So play so, him at what? Play him at point guard. Like just, if none of my guards are showing up, don't play any of them. Have I'm, Giannis handle the ball and have Giannis guard Kyle Lowry. Like, I'm just saying for a game where nothing's going right, I would have thrown more shit at the wall than I think Coach Bud did in this game. But the reason I bring up the Giannis thing, it's going to circle around into a compliment. He won. I voted for him for MVP. I thought he was the best player this year. I don't think he's kind of close to being a finished product yet. You know, I, like LeBron didn't win an MVP till he was in 2009. That was his first really great year. And then in the playoffs, um, that was another situation where his supporting cast didn't really show up. And LeBron, I think he averaged like 35, 36. What, the Orlando the series loss? The whole playoffs. Yeah. He, he did everything he could and they still didn't win. I don't. I, I think Giannis is probably two years away from having the offensive weaponry to do that. Right now, it's like if you seal him off, he doesn't have a lot of options if they're double teaming him. The problem is you just have to stay locked to seal him off that whole time. And then guess what happens? You had a Milwaukee bench that was outscoring 
Toronto's bench by almost 20 a game in the first three games. Yeah, and then by the time this game was decided, it was a 30-point advantage for Toronto's bench. So now you have guys like Powell, who's playing more now. Lowry was awesome, which is somebody, you know, I have to remind to give credit to when he deserves it because yeah, there's plenty of time. Today. Like Lowry was, when it wasn't Kawhi, it was Lowry. Um, ten, he had like 10 or 11 free throws, right? I like when guys get to the line. 10 of 10, yeah. yeah. I mean, he ended up with 25 overall and only took 11. I mean, 25 on 11 shots. So you've got that. Um, what was the other one? I don't want to do too much. Yeah, but Abaka was really good. So when all those guys are scoring, guess what happens? Now everybody's paying more attention to all the Giannis rules. Would you post up Giannis more? It's the I would one post thing they him, do that I don't think they do enough of. I would post him in that, go go and double him. Come bring that double and see if we can get somebody going. But when you when you talk about like throwing more shit against the wall, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I think there's always something that we overlook when you're the coach of a team is that if you're losing Bledsoe for the rest of the series, that that may be how, like, I don't know how that dynamic is. Can you right. bench a guy and get something out of him? They or do you bench him, the, they, be, they did bench him, though. He played 20 minutes. 20 minutes, yeah. I mean, he'd only played 10 minutes. Like, he wasn't playing him a lot. But I'm sure deep down, and maybe maybe coaches should be tougher about this stuff, but each player's different. Good coaches know that. What motivates guys? It's not the same for everybody. But I'm sure there's part of him, I'm sure of it, is like this guy's been a guy who's been really good this year and it sucks right now, but I'm not sure that I can just go away from him forever because he shot it so poorly for a week and a half. Do you think, gone gun to the Bucks front office's head, if they had four drinks in them and it was like two in the morning at the hotel bar and you said, yeah, you, you, if you could have backsies on that Bledsoe 70 million, you would do it? You think they would take backsies? Maybe six drinks in. Six drinks in? Maybe a shot. A shot that screws up the whole pacing. <laughs> Be like, hey, I've been really good. And then wait hey, a minute. Kyle you just, just brought a shot. God yeah. damn it, Kyle. Somebody Why'd brought. You do that? I'm not going to name drop here, but it was just a nice steady day. Yeah. The other day was at a bar watching some sports. Is this at the Scientology Center? <laughs> that was last week. Oh. And it was a non- Drinking wasn't like, hey, let's let's have a few beers and have some fun this afternoon. It yeah. was a, hey, let's rest up. I don't want to drink. We have a night tonight. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to have this. Pace it. I don't want to have some drag out day deal. Where, you know, next thing you know, you're listening to you're listening to old dirty bastard tracks, and you're in sweatpants with your shirt off at your house. Mm. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to, supposed to go out tonight. And this guy walked up with three Rumpelman shots. Ugh. In the middle of the day, it's sunny, it was hot, it was beautiful, and you're not drinking. And you just go, I get the the spirit behind this is really admirable, but I don't want to drink. I don't even want anything right now. Is this now. bar corner? Are you doing bar corner I am, right now? I am. Don't bring shots in the day right. to people And the drinking? guy I was with looked at me and goes, does this happen to you? And I go, yeah, yeah, kind of, but this is aggressive. Like, I didn't... No one drank this when people drank. Like, we used to make fun of guys that ordered rounds. Rumplemints isn't a sponsor on anything, right? Is Desktop? that like, I don't even know what it is. Is that like Jägermeister? It's, it's in that family of liqueurs. It's a real heavy minty, but the thing like is- that you is, give to pledges at a yeah, frat when right. you're trying to make them throw but up? It's, it's so strong. It's like 100 proof. Yeah. So that's beyond- I think Most it'd be funny if liquors. from this story, it just now became a thing where listeners no, just brought you no, Rumpelman no, shots. No, 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 Hey, no, man. No, no. Heard the pod. I am absolutely, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it at you. Okay? <laughs> I want nothing to do with it's it. Start a bar fight with Priscilla. Uh, this no, is because why this you got to bring Kyle Kyle this will is, drink all three. This is going to happen is it now. Is for net? 
No, it's not like Fernet. It's it's check it out, Kyle. It's like a hundred and is it one oh one or is it a hundred proof? It's a hundred, right? It's disgusting. Yeah. And it's not a fun, it's not a hey, you know what I feel like doing? Totally sober in the middle of the day with the R- sun out mints. watching some hockey. I'm gonna get a sub and then just a little sidecar rumple mints. It's tough. It's a missed shot, kind of like Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> Eric Bledsoe is the Rumpelmint, sponsored by Rumpelmints. This, this series. God. Rumpelmints has never gotten more pub. Do you think his agent <laughs> was like, asked asked his assistant like, hey, that extension, we signed that, right? That They faxed that to us. We, That's all done? Yeah, yeah, They yeah. got it back? Hey, can we just double check? That wasn't a verbal, right? We actually- Are you being unfair right now? He's been terrible. I, that That extension looks terrible. It's not. I a don't crazy want to pay anybody seventeen it's million not a, a year. It's not a crazy extension. It was, I thought it was a deal when they did it in okay, March. So but he's just he's gone off the deep end here. You're paying him half of what Lowry's getting. Oh. Think about it. What team is Lowry on next year? I don't know. Is there some Phoenix maybe for him? What if Kawhi stays? He's not staying. I thought he was staying after he made the game winner in Game Seven. Is that, kept, is that what people said? So I kept reading, and then I read that he had to go somewhere else after game two. <laughs> Just moves around? <laughs> no, I'd read he was staying emotionally attached to the city, iconic photo, game seven, walk off. And then after they got smoked in game two, it's like, he needs more help. He Supposedly can't somebody was in a spin class with Uncle Dennis. Easy. And Uncle Dennis easy, was easy, easy on about. the spin class jokes. I've had to do a lot of damage control. because <laughs> Too people, soon. Uh, it Too still soon. stings. Stings. Zach does a thing on his podcast where he now warns the aggregators. Yes. Where he's about to pass along something, but th- isn't passing Zach along. Zach and I do that all the time on his podcast. And he goes, yeah, yeah and note to the aggregators out there. I just caught that. <laughs> and aggregators don't take this and run with it. I like that. The preemptive aggregator warning. Yeah. Zach and I have a couple big things planned, but <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sponsored by Rumplebit. Yeah. 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 Somebody, yeah. Somebody thought that I actually said that somebody's source was in a spin class. So I had it, it kind of sucked for a little But while. you joked. I was a total joke. It was, it was clearly a joke. And then one website picked it up as real. And then once the rules were broken, it was just like, well, now we can run with it because somebody else ran with it. And it was like, no, no, I didn't, I didn't really mean that Jeannie Buss had, had a You didn't class. do anything as terrible as when I almost started a national crisis in New Zealand by mentioning that if OKC was going to shake it up, Adams was the most logical guy. <laughs> Give him a three-day story in New Zealand. Led the news. Led the news yeah. in New Zealand. They had to have a, like, I think whatever their version of the, of parliament is yeah, they, they get together emergency with, parliament meeting yeah. i had zane low on last week who's from new zealand can and he asked do a good new zealand that. accent huh can he do a good accent well he's from there so oh, he God, talks yeah. like that all oh, the so time it must be great yeah and uh and i was explaining that whole story to him and he was like oh yeah you can't even joke about that you didn't even it wasn't it was basically like, you know, hey, if they're going to have to try to figure this out on the fly, like Adams might be the one that has to go. And then it's like a reminder that he's what making 24 and 27 million in the next two years. And I still like Steven Adams. I'd be like, you know, if I were doing this, I, I think you'd start looking at like big numbers and going, well, it's only two years. Like, that's fine. We can do worse than that. But uh, yeah, think- that ended up being that ended up being bad. Just imagine if you were Australian. Because then they would have been like figures. Yeah. Asshole. Yeah. Blame the New Zealand guy. This is that's the right thing to do. Yeah. It, we're gonna have point guard roulette this summer, and uh, Conley what, to the Celtics. Yeah, I'm. I hope so. One of my favorite ones though is the people that think 
if the Lakers strike out on everybody else, that Chris Paul is their backup plan. He's got like $180 million remaining. No, no. Something like that. No, it's not that much. I'm what sorry. What do you mean? No, it's not that much. He doesn't have 180 do him. He's starting. four years left. Uh, no, because when he did, he did a, all right, I, I could be wrong here, but. He did a shorter one because of the new sign and trade deal. I believe was it a three with four? Yeah, like I'm. No, he he took the max. Well, he had to give up. He took a lot of money. So he has three years left. He has three years, and um, because it's a player option at forty four, so he did. Oh, he's not exercising that. No, of course he's picking it up. We can go ahead and break that one right now. But he, uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's not one hundred eighty million. Is my point. Well, so this year it's one twenty. It's one twenty. 120 for three years. Yeah. Would you do that if you're the Lakers? I you thought would. he moved around better when he came back from the injury. Oh, you would. Uh, this gets this gets back to my point on all this stuff. Would I you think do we- Kuzma for Chris Paul? Just, that's it. Like the Lakers go, we'll take him off your hands. Daryl, reset button. I really don't want that. $44 million staring me down. You don't? So I don't think I'd, I don't think I would do that. But what if, I, what if LeBron's like, if you guys don't do this, I'll leave in three years after this. Because he signed. He could leave in two. I guess he could leave in two. I don't know if they would care anymore. <laughs> you know? LeBron's like, like oh, okay. Yeah, we got it. LeBron's like, I want a meeting with the two loser bus brothers, uh, <laughs> the, C- the COO, who's the guy, Tim Miller. Harris, Tim Harris, uh, Jeannie Bus, and Worldwide Web. We're all getting together. We're sit, we're hashing this out once and for all. World oh, and, and Kurt and Linda Rambis. They have to be here too. Table for eight. I want you to hear my trade demand. What if he says magic has to be there? And they're like, magic wait. has to be there. They're like, wait a minute, magic's gone. Like, that was one of the weirdest things. We're going to talk about magic later. But when LeBron said how magic didn't call him and give him a heads up, and magic was the guy that they, they did that whole thing when he signed. It was like I'm going to learn a lot from magic. He's, you know, he's I think everybody in that was kind of lying. It think, really feels that way. Yeah, I don't think LeBron came here because of Magic. It was a nice way to make it look like Magic closed the deal. But if you sign LeBron under your stewardship, right, then you get to take credit for it. So whatever. But then when LeBron had said, like, he needs someone to make this up to him, I'm like, oh, my God. Because that was... That to me was classic LeBron. And like, if there's something that goes wrong that I can hold against you to make it feel like, like to motivate you more to make sure you don't screw up anything. Yeah. Like he got mad at the Miami Heat for not having a 15th guy signed one year. Right. He's like, you know, you're just going to make sure you're doing everything you can to make us competitive. And you're like, so the guy that doesn't even get a penny in practice, like he's the difference between you being happy or unhappy. So when LeBron had said after the magic thing, Somebody, you know, I needed somebody to explain this to me and I need somebody to make this up to me or all these different things. I thought like, you don't care about any of this, actually. I don't think you care, but it's just just not a bullet for you to have. He's very focused on Space Jam right now. I mean, very focused. I would say that's probably the number one priority for the next couple of months. I think Anthony Davis is still. I don't think that happens. I think that what do you think? No, sales. I don't think it happens either. But what do you think LeBron would want right now? The number one movie this summer or Anthony Davis? <sighs> movie. Because he knows he's not getting Anthony Davis. <laughs> Gail Benson. I don't think like, he's getting Anthony Davis. Either, Gail Benson's but, like, this isn't happening. Yeah. But, um, you know, whenever I run into like when I was out in Chicago for the combine and, and you'll talk about certain things going on. 
I feel like I'm on an island a lot. We're like, oh, he just wants to do TV shows. And it's all about this entertainment group. And it's all about this. It's all about that. And you make the Space Jam joke a lot, too. And I'm like, you guys think he just wants to go get his ass kicked, though, the next three years in basketball? Because that doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense to me either. And I get, I a, lot, I get he, a lot of pushback on that, on the theory that he actually would still want to be competitive and win games. I don't know. I guess I'm a weirdo. I think he, I think he thinks it's going to work out. It always I has. I just think he's like, it'll be fine. We'll get somebody. Because that was the attitude he had last summer and it didn't work. And he had no real plan, it didn't seem like, but he just assumed it would work out. And then all of a sudden, he had Rondo and those guys, and Deshaun, uh, Lance Stevenson. Deshaun Stevenson actually Deshaun made Stevenson sense. might have been even signed. But I just think he always thinks it's going to work out and somebody's going to want to play with him. But at some point this summer, if it's not working out, I think he's going to be in a full panic. If it's like July 10th and they haven't gotten anybody. Yeah, because I know if we get we, we get to the Lakers stuff a little bit later, but that's yeah. another thing that I've tried to say here throughout it is that you know, maybe Palenka can't do the job. Maybe he's going to be bad at this and maybe he's going to get fired. But it's one off season where I really don't like what they did after they got LeBron. But let's see. If they strike out on everybody again, especially with all the different names moving around, then that actually to bring it back full circle... That's what ends up happening with the Chris Paul thing. Cause it sounds better. Like, Hey, we finally get Chris Paul. Like, don't, don't look behind the curtain, but we got Chris Paul. If you do LeBron's that, you happy. then have to sign Carmelo. You just have to. And then Wade has to come back. You just got to do it. You just got to get the four together. And it just, it, it becomes a reunion concert over like trying to actually do anything in the playoffs. One of Wade's guys is like bonus DVD footage. Yeah. We didn't sell the uh, international second year rights to our uh, whatever. Hey, uh, qu- we got to do a State Farm thing, but quickly. Bucks Raptors, what happens? I I wasn't going to be surprised either team went in this series. I really wasn't. And it just but what do you like, think happens now after watching four games? Uh, I think the Raptors win the series. Wow. I still think Bucks because I think they're a different team at home, and I think they win in seven. Yeah, I'm not. I think it's embarrassing that uh I'm not pounding the table about this pick, by the way. I'm just I think ahead. losing by twenty plus in game four is pretty embarrassing though. For a team that's supposed to be really good and all the advanced metrics were really favorable to them as a dominant team that, you know, they lose game three, whatever, but then they come back game four, the opposite happened. Right. It went it's not great. It's weird to be a team that looked that good at home. And, you know, game one, they were down and that's, you know, all these things are, are impressive in different ways. Like, wow, that's some real mental toughness. Game one, okay, but you're at home. All right, fine. And then you come out even better in game two. So it's trending in this direction where it's like Toronto can't hang with these guys. And I'm like, you know, Toronto's good. Toronto, they might not be as good as Milwaukee, but this is a good basketball team. There were some half-court offense red flags in game three that I noticed. Just... Yeah, but then they like, lose a tough one like that and then have your worst well, one shot, in game four. Like that's yeah, but I that's mean that's the scary thing. In them. game three, they the guys didn't the uh Middleton Bledsoe combo is terrible. I didn't love the shots they were getting. I always judge it by are you getting good shots? Do I like the shots? Am I enjoying your shot selection? And I didn't totally love the shots. And the guys that seemed to have open shots were guys that if you had wagered on the bucks, you didn't totally want them open from 25 feet. You didn't feel comfortable. And today was even a worse example of that. I didn't love really any of the shots they had for most of that game. And I was I was bored by it. I was bored by their offense, which is hard because you got Giannis on your team. All right, uh, we're going to do the State Farm thing. Players and fans prepare all year for the playoffs. They need to be ready for anything with a State Farm agent on your team. 
you can be ready for anything too. They can help you prepare for whatever life throws your way. Kind of like the NBA draft. We have an awesome draft guide in the ringer. Kevin O'Connor ranks the uh, top 30. We were talking earlier about, is it a top three or a top four? Because you have... Uh, Darius Garland, the Vandy kid. Who Darius I like Garland's a, a wild card. Yeah. Because right now... If you watch him, I'm serious right now. Like if people are listening and saying, well, I don't know, go watch his games. And you're going to go, why isn't this guy being talked about more? He got but, hurt, right? Yeah, he got hurt in his fifth game and he played like four non-conference games. But he reminds me a little bit, and I don't like doing comps because I just think each player is his own person, Bill. You know? Yeah. He reminds me a little Kyrie. Wow. Think he's weird, that Kyrie? Safe bet he's probably not weirder. That would be a good way <laughs> that we should add that to the draft guide. Not weirder than Kyrie. Just, just leaving it there. Yeah, but I, I think the top three is, you know, so much of the rumor stuff is the same. Oh, Durant's gone. Kawhi's gone. This is happening. I don't know why people still keep trying to put Clay somewhere else. I don't, I don't believe that at all. The only but, red flag is last year, everybody had Paul George going to the Lakers, and then all of a sudden he was re-signing with OKC. I never quite understood the animosity between Palenka and Paul George's agent. Well, it was, it was a Palenka CAA something. Yeah, but they also were like on Michigan together. Oh. Yeah. Like it's... Oh, there's if you more. If you dig around the league... Really? There's like real... I don't know. Look, I think Paul George at the end of the day liked Oklahoma City a lot more than people realize too. But he never met with them. He never met with them. And Mintz had just lost two of his clients. I think it was Russell and Randall. Mm. They had jettisoned from the team. Definitely Randall. I forget if the other one's Russell. I thought it was Randall. Wow. So you you have it as three and then a drop. No, I think it's four. You four. So and people uh, have told me I should not show up to the combine high. So, <laughs> <laughs> Who is the fourth pick? The Lakers. Well, that I mean, Garland's like the last thing they need. Oh, yeah. It's good. LeBron would hate him. He'd be like, oh, sweet. This guy's like Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a Kyrie 2.0 in training. Um, yeah. I, it would, I think it would be so funny if they passed Cam Reddish, who clutch client. And, they can't uh, take it. They can't. And he's available at four. And then they're like, hey, man, it's nothing personal. We still love you, but we're not taking you. I, there's no way you can take Reddish for. I know what the mock said at the beginning of the year. Did you think there's any way you could pay Contavious Caldwell Pope $12 million last year? No. Was there a market for that? Um, nope. Nope. But, I mean, it's even weirder that they paid him what they paid him the year before. I mean, he was closer 17. to 20. Yeah, well, 17. That was a wink, wink. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. So, anyway, check out our draft guide. Talk to a State Farm agent today about combining your home and auto insurance and get a teammate who can help you prepare for the unexpected State Farm here to help life go right. Hopefully it goes right for Darius Garland. Hey, you already trust the Home Depot for studs, sheetrock, electrical, everything to build your house. Now make that house your home by shopping thousands of decor pieces that suit your taste from sofas to area rugs to that fall floral you've been admiring. The Home Depot has all the pieces you need to create your dream space from start to finish. The best part, free flexible delivery. No hassle returns on everyday essentials and more. Find out exactly what you're looking for from a homedepot.com slash decor. Your perfect home is waiting for you just a click away. 
And for a limited time, save even more on the styles you love when you use code BS Home Depot at checkout. Once again, homedepot.com slash decor and use the code BS Home Depot at checkout. Valid on select items only. Free delivery on select items. $45 or more. Visit homedepot.com for more information. There's more kinds of doing it at the Home Depot. All right, let's talk about the Warriors. Uh, 5-0 and without Durant, <laughs> which I thought was both incredible and hilarious. Now, that Portland team they beat was not your typical Western Conference finalist. I, I think Lillard gets hurt halfway through game two. Rodney Hood is just not the same guy that he was giving them. And if he played in round two like he played in round three, they lose to the Nuggets. Cantor broke down completely. He was a shell of himself by the end. Well, I don't know that he broke down. I think that it. This or he is, was. This is this is one of those series with him where you could see immediately go. This is going to be a problem. True, but this he also he didn't seem like he had that kind of pizzazz to him anymore. Well, I, I, I think, think this, that double OT game yeah. broke him. Um, I actually think this is who he is in certain playoff matchups. Okay, I don't think it's tired. I don't think it's any of that stuff. I, mean, I understand all the stuff that he's going through, but I, I. Did, did you know he was fasting during the playoffs? I did. I did know he was fasting. No, seriously. But wasn't eating. These are the matchups. Like, this is why he ended up being somebody who got bought out. And I know this hurts as a as a not, can not just a Canter Island guy. I, you you've been handing out pamphlets. Listen, <laughs> they, they got to the Western Finals with him. They were yeah, able to he, keep him on the court against Jokic, who I had as a as my number three MVP. Yeah, and he so, had some really nice runs, but these there's reasons why. I mean, this goes back to the OKC stuff. They, if you look at his playoff minutes of all those those runs, yeah, it would be like, oh, I'm playing the Warriors again. But like, here's I the can't. thing: should we hold it against him? I can't believe we're doing a canter conversation. Should we hold it against him that he's a liability against the most sophisticated offensive attack? Probably it's just in 30 so years. bad. It's just so bad with him. And this is this well, is all. and that, also that's if all. he's hurt. But think, if he's also hurt, that's also bad. I think you had some you you have had some moments in the last few weeks with Cantor where you felt like I'm a genius, everybody's an idiot. I just and thought I he just, was a valuable playoff guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you. We're back. It's been like a week. <laughs> We're just screaming at each other about Cantor. <laughs> so all right. I think I think all that's understood. I so actually, back to your point. Back I thought they should have played him more. <laughs> they got swept. What do you say? It worked with that benching Cantor was a good thing. Uh, yeah. So the Blazers were actually weirdly in those games. Like they almost won game two. That's what I think this game is. Game three, more they were impressive. up 17. Game four, they really should have won and they just kind of fell apart at the end. Um, but at the same time, so much fun to have the Warriors back. Sal and I talked about it a little on Sunday and I don't want to just repeat it, but I just really miss them. And I I had kind of forgotten, you know, they had hit this other level with Durant where it was like, holy shit, like the ceiling of what they can do in a quarter or something is unlike really anything we've had in history. The day-to-day stuff wasn't as much fun. And then whatever has happened these last five games brought me back to 2015, the 25-game winning streak, and just like this crazy team that takes terrible shots, but they go in, and Draymond was this centrifugal force. Is that the right? Centrifugal? Yeah. Yeah. I said that correctly. Yeah. He's the, don't doubt yourself now. He's the center of all of it. And then Curry, this unbelievable player. And then the way they, all these role players could step up. It's just kind of came back and I don't feel like it was a fluke. And it'll be really interesting to see how KD gets woven back into this now. Who, who, by the way, two weeks ago, we were saying was the best player of the league. And then it's like, oh man, how are they going to fit him in? Why is he not? I mean, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden he he isn't those things. Like think about 
the statistical pace that he was on for somebody scoring 25 or more with his shooting percentages. And, the best player like, in the league. And to see what he was doing against Houston where you go, and there's times, like it's not like you or I forget who's on Golden State's roster, but there were times when you watch all the pieces there, I'm talking about with KD, where I'd be like, oh, wait, like the first two options broke down and they had to settle for a wide open clay three. <laughs> right. Like, this is so, He's just bored in the this corner. Is so fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, and there'd be nights where it would just, it would make me laugh again out loud. But what I think this is a great lesson in, and yeah, maybe Portland's not great, but they swept him. Yeah. The energy, like this thing went from, and you pointed out, and I'm going to give you credit for this because you Thanks. tweeted day of game six. We were like, this, the, the reaction to Durant's injury, which by the way, Steph in game five, I remember just going, wait a minute, this guy looks familiar. End of game five, Steph. Yeah. This is nuts. And then it was terrible in the first half. And then it was epic in the second half. And you had said, this is a great, let's prove everybody who, let's prove to everybody who we are. And it was the ex-athletes using the no KD. That's why I still like the Warriors, where it felt like the, everybody in the media was completely writing everybody off. Yeah, and it like, was like, what a disaster. This, yeah. This, I, the run's over. I was doing all those shows in, in New York for ESPN those two days. And every guy, I'm like, okay, well, what are the Warriors going to do this offseason? I'm like, you're already, like, they're up 3-2. And you don't think they can beat Houston one of these two games without Did you KD? Know, I didn't know this until two days ago. For game six against the Rockets, Curry wore his 2015 Curry shoes. The, the, I went from thinking, initially my thought was, they're going to win game six. This is a great fuck you KD game, even if they You tweeted it out back. day of, by yeah. the way. So you, I just you deserve felt like credit this for that. is a right. we're the champs game. Then as it went along, it's like, you know what? This is also what makes basketball great because over the years, we've seen a team lose somebody that was important and everybody rallies around, people chip in. This is when you know you have a great team. Now I'm kind of circling back to the, this feels like a fuck you KD thing that is at least partly fueling this. Like the, the level that Draymond has gone to the last five days, Game the three. chip on the shoulder that he has now, it's not just about we want to win the title again. This is something else is happening in my opinion. I, again, was having moments watching Draymond in game three, like grabbing the guys I was next to. I was out in Chicago. Yeah. We were having dinner at the bar. We set up so we could watch the entire game. It was with a bunch of friends. Yeah. And Draymond was doing stuff where I was like annoying guy to watch. The game. Like, did you just see what he did? Right. Did you see how many different decisions he made in the same possession and how like the gear... And you're just talking knew. offense. He was also no. I'm talking defense. Like where oh. he would he would screw up everybody's thing. Like he yeah. would rotate on three different guys, make the steal, and then in the outlet pass. And I'm like, my God, this is sick. So I think the KD thing is fair, but I don't think that means that KD sucks. I don't think it means these Doesn't guys don't like KD. It means that that those guys in the backcourt are really special. And in a weird way, say Steph were to lose in the NBA Finals, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but. Like this stuff shifts so fast from, well, they can't win without KD. Oh my God, wait a minute. Steph, the best in the world now. And we're Steph. And it's almost like if he were to lose in the finals, but what he just did for five games, five plus games, would it remind people of how they've overlooked him? Because it's so like he could Westbrook, not to go here again, mm. but no matter who's out there, Westbrook's playing one way. Yeah. And it can be really great. It can also be a problem. For, for Steph to kind of show you, by the way, you know I could have always done this if I wanted to, but the seven-foot guy who's probably better all around than I am is just a better option in a lot of the stuff we do. So I don't have to do any of that stuff that I did in 15. And Draymond, anymore. same thing, Clay, same thing. So yeah. 
I, I, I'm convinced with basketball, some, especially if you've already won the title, the motivation becomes as important as the talent in a lot of different ways. And I think this team just always knew that they had it in them. We always talked about the on-off switch. They always knew deep down, we're better, we can pull this out. That's backfired on teams in the past. But with this team... Yeah, like a, like a team like Boston who's never done it. Right. Who's telling us, like, hey, we still got, we got the switch. From, what are you going to switch it back <laughs> Wait to? So you, have, you have no switch. The switch hasn't been created. But with Golden State, you know, you take KD out of it. And these guys were really driven to prove they didn't need him. All right, so let's go backwards. I, I think that Draymond KD argument, this is so first takey. I don't, I don't care. That Draymond KD argument actually says a lot more than maybe we even realized at the time. Because that argument was all about Draymond saying to him, fuck you, you're leaving anyway. And that was that whole argument. And it got super personal. These guys have thought KD was leaving all year. Who else thinks he's leaving? Everybody who's in basketball. Not have you one to, person. Have not, you, you, you were in Chicago for yeah. four days to come by. Did one person say to you, hey, actually, I heard that KD Knicks thing is bullshit. He's fucking going there. When everyone says <laughs> the same thing, I yeah. start to get a little worried. No one has said to me, hey, here's something to keep an eye on with KD possibly Yeah, staying. maybe maybe a one and one. He'll do one more. So, Supposedly like, four titles. Is, nobody said that. There's There's times where, you know, everybody's feeling a certain way. Like, think about Kyrie at one point this season. And it's not just because of what he said at the beginning of the year, yeah. but it just, the message was very positive. The message internally, externally, it was always very positive. Hey, this Kyrie thing's going to work out. It's going to work out. Now, I don't know if that was a strategy coming out of Boston because it certainly doesn't feel that way now, but the KD thing has consistently been, the only thing I've heard any twist on it and going back to this past weekend in Chicago would be that you got to keep an eye on Brooklyn as being a possible yeah. landing spot. But there hasn't been a, well you know, Golden State still feels really good about their chances. I haven't had anybody tell me that. And the other thing with the Warriors, and this is just the age we live in, it's funny because on Sunday night, I predicted with Sal, I was like, Katie's going to snap soon on social because he sees all this stuff and all this stuff about the Warriors shoving into KD. He's going to, 12 hours later, he went at Broussard for the whatever. <laughs> All these guys read all this stuff and the narrative- Wait a minute, can you tell me what he said? Because I, I just, no, I'm serious. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because I checked out. Broussard had something about on the show that they ran as a clip where it was basically like, if the Warriors win the title without Durant, it's a disaster for Durant. Put two asterisks on the other two title, this whole thing. This would be the worst thing that could happen to Durant. And Durant- tweeted back at him, really? The worst thing that could happen to me did one of those Durant tweets. Yeah, he said, Kevin Durant's worst nightmare is coming true. Yeah, and he's like, really? My worst nightmare? Really? Did one of those tweets back. Um, the, the thing is, I think the wor the other Warriors, who I also think read and listen to Do you want to call them the OGs? The, the OG Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, that's a good one. I think they hear everything too. And what was the narrative all season? This is the last run for them. This is the last year. This is the end of their dynasty. KD's going to leave and then it's going to blow up. And I think those guys are like, fuck that. This isn't the end of anything. If he leaves, we'll just get other guys and we'll still be really good next year and we're still the favorites. And that's what these five games were about. It was about, we know that dude's leaving. We know people are pouring dirt at us already, but actually we're fine if he leaves. It's not personal. I'm sure they have a lot of respect for him. I'm sure they know they have a better chance if he's on the team. But I think it was part. I think it was partly that. 
don't pour dirt on us yet. We're not done. These, the three of us, plus a good supporting guys who know where to go and what to do are still really, really good at this. And that was what we saw. All of this may be true. And it, and it sounds like it might, but you know me, like sometimes I'm like, does anybody just win or lose? Or does there always have to be some other thing that's happening? Well, you can't okay. deny that they right. played at a different level of intense, like Draymond, but, the intensity that he had in those games was out of control. But isn't that also part of being an athlete where you go, we all need to pick this up now because we don't have this, this safety valve that really nobody else has. Maybe. That's you know? a part of I mean, it too. Were you going to pick them? Because there any chance, and I know this sucks, you hate when I do this on the pod, but yeah. is there any chance they're just better than Portland and they're going to beat them anyway? Because those two guys are so good. I, th- just I thought more was going on. You think, you know, right, look, so I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you. I just think it's always important. Let to me like, let me give you a personal scenario because I love yeah I love when bringing you into this. Yeah, Van Pelt leaves the SVP <laughs> and Rosillo show yeah. to go to Sports Center, and as this three months leading up, you're reading all these stories, message boards, and Twitter, and everybody's like, "Well, Rosillo's done. That's it for him, right? He's fucking finished. Nobody will ever hear from him again." At, at what point do you be like, oh, really? And you're going to like, well, uh, okay, we'll see. I'm going to show you guys. Like you would hear that and feel that and take that personally, well, I definitely, right? I definitely heard it because it was actually, that's actually true. It's a good analogy. Like I don't think sometimes- our Did you work, really hear that? I didn't, I don't read any of that stuff, oh. but I was hearing it Well, you're it also not covered like the fucking Warriors, but you know, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Close, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, big, but I, yeah, I give them the edge. Big lead for the win. <laughs> Uh, I had a guy reach out to me to be like, I've always loved you on the show. And, you know, I'm sorry to solicit a work email here, but like we have an editing gig at this, this podcast company, like in case you, you know, you just need to get well, you, you thought on your, your career was over. Yeah. Like I, some people oh thought my, my career was ending, but that's how people are treating the like, Warriors. What? Yeah. People are treating the Warriors like, and by the way, I but was I guilty of it too. I didn't have three years as Steph without Van Pelt though. <laughs> So yeah. I can understand people doubting me a little bit more. I think they really took all that shit personally. And I think we're seeing it. Yeah, I think they did. I, I agree with you, but I also think they're better than these teams. True. So did you think that those three guys could get to the level they got to those last five games though? Cause I'm not sure I sweep? did. I'm not sure. I'd, I never thought think, I would think how see. how easy it would have been game three. This is where your argument wins. For them in game three to be down. And after they beat them in the first two. Were they two, down 17? 17 points. Yes. Yeah. And you go, ah, whatever. You're just going to lose this one. We'll be up 2-1. We'll get game four. That's how a lot of these teams look at this shit. And they didn't. And then to have it happen in game four, like, nah, we'll pull this one out too. We'll play Steph 47 minutes. I saw like, yesterday. Let's just end this. That Portland was up like eight or 10 with maybe, I don't know, seven minutes left. And the game was teetering toward Portland. You just felt like they were going to win. They outscored them by eight in the fourth quarter. Right. Um, their, Draymond got a rebound. And it really felt like the game was slipping away. And it was one of those things where People start, you know, doing free form stuff, whatever. And Draymond got the rebound and he just went down as hard as possible and ended up like making some play. I think he got fouled. And I realized they were going to win and they're down eight. And I was like, ah, oh, these guys, they got this. They're still playing as hard as possible. The intensity competitiveness that they had um, has come and gone the last, those first two Durant years. We saw it in game six, seven Rockets in the second halves of those games where it was like their backs were officially to the wall and they all went to another level. I was amazed they were able to do it for all four Portland games because they haven't shown that in three years. 
No, they've shown- The killer instinct thing yeah. has not been there. They've replaced the killer instinct with arrogance at times, but it's justified arrogance. Like they're the weirdest team sometimes because to run their system, not that they're running a ton of stuff, but for everybody to be in this flow, it means they're a smart basketball team. Their defensive rotations when they're crisp, a smart basketball team. But at times they look like the dumbest smart team I've ever seen. Yeah. Because they make the worst passes of any good basketball team I've ever seen in my life. Just stupid shit. Sloppiest. Right, right. Throwing it behind your head. Right, game seven. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, they, Steph, who's, who's a really smart player, just can't help himself with stupid fouls. He doesn't manage his own fouls well. Yeah. And I also think there's a level of arrogance that they've had, which again, it's hard not to be arrogant when you're this group where I think arrogance came into play in that first round against the Clippers. And now it's like, we can't, we can still have confidence, but we're not going to be like, let's make sure that like our margin for error is not what it is. So yeah, the, the arrogance factor with them, I would have thought was going to show up in game three, be like, ah, whatever, we lost, not a big deal. We'll take care of these they guys just want to take care of business. And now to be able to just sit back and relax. And the funny thing is, is after maybe game six, but then the Durant injury news is worse. And then you see the start Milwaukee gets off to in that series. Right. And it went from... Golden State, Golden State, Golden State to, oh, wait a minute, it's Houston. Okay, wait a minute, they got rid of them, but there's no KD. This KD injury is even worse. Well, they're just going to lose to Giannis. And now I don't feel like anybody, like the storyline has changed overnight for about a week. It feels and like. the narrative surrounding the team and then the big picture, all that stuff. I mean, I watched the beginning of the game yesterday and Doris was reporting and she's like, guys, I think the Warriors are, you know, that when they lost that game to the Clippers in the first round, that had an impact on them. They do not want that to happen tonight. And I was like, oh, the Warriors are going to win. And really, the Myers Leonard just, I mean, he had 25 points in the first half. That's like getting hit by lightning. That's never <laughs> happening again. I think they were ready to win that game by 20, and Myers Leonard just kept making threes for some reason. So he staved it off. They still ended up winning. I uh he was five of eight from three. I mean 30, 12, and three. Then Zach Collins made one. It's like, oh, so it's one of these games where where Portland centers are gonna make nine threes. Um yeah, they were 39%. So I thought uh from a big picture standpoint, it was so cool that it flipped the narrative to everybody being like, fuck these guys, I'm so tired of this, just leave already. I'm done with the Warriors, Steph's a dick, all the stuff that everybody was saying. And then it flips in a week and people really appreciate how great this run was. I think five straight finals is out of control. You know, and, and the LeBron people will be like, well, LeBron made eight. It's like, well, he, he did it with two different teams, two different nucleuses. If he had stayed in Miami for that fifth year, he does not make the finals, I don't think. Um, I think that team was falling apart. Bosch ended up getting hurt that next year, the, had the clotting issue. Um, Wade wasn't he's not playing enough games. Team. I just think right. it's hard to keep any nucleus together where you're six, where you're winning three straight rounds for five straight years like that without something weird happening. Um, five straight finals to me is an all timer. It's going to be West, even harder. It's going to it's going to be even harder now, though. You want to know why? Because like these guys feel like they get emotionally drained in ways we've never seen before, and this kind of gets back to like you and I being on this very early. I think we were like the first people to talk about it. How unhappy all of these guys are. Yeah, and and look, we have a guy on this team that's unhappy, and now the media around him is is creating another narrative to make him even more unhappy. While the team, like that's always one of the things that I think is a great test for you. Like, do you ever do you ever think about the shit you've never told anybody that runs through your head? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like if you really were like, let me tell you 
the weirdest I let it get upstairs. Yeah. When you were sitting there and you were like Durant's boy and you go, what do, what do you want to have happen if you don't come back and play? Because I know Kyrie didn't want the Celtics to beat LeBron without him. <laughs> you, you, there's, right. there's no way. Oh, definitely. There's no way. I think there are That's guys. That's why he didn't go to game seven. Yeah, which everybody made an excuse for. It's like, tough oh, to get well, a he had his nasal surgery. Yeah, couldn't change the appointment. May's always busy for that kind of yeah. stuff. But I don't, I mean, what do you think? Like, what do you think KD would be doing? Do you think he's rooting for all those guys? Well, he's reading everything. He's reading now that he's now relevant and that the fun warriors are back. But and see, it's I don't only because he left. Right? Like you and I don't think that. This it can it can be both things. But well, they're really good. I mean, this this whole thing to me isn't about, oh wow, KD's overrated, or oh wow, they don't need KD. They're still better with Kevin fucking Durant. But it's just a nice little reminder of this is why we lost our minds about Steph. And this is why I don't get really that worked up when he has some bad shooting night. And I got to watch some guy talk about him not being top 10 because he decides he wants to beat up on Steph all the time because I still think peak Steph is probably as scary as anything we have in this game. Well, the other thing is he has the ball more. It's not an accident that he did that. What do you go? 36, 37, 37, like whatever. He scored the most points in a sweep ever. He had the ball more and like anything else, you're more in a rhythm when you have it versus like in the back of your head, you've got to share it a little bit. Oh, I got to get this guy more involved. Their team just falls into place more when it's what we saw these last four rounds. It doesn't mean their ceiling's higher. I and It just I'm, means they're more ISO and it's not as much fun to watch because they have basically the best ISO and, guy And going. they have to involve, here's the analogy I would use, and Kyle can really identify this. You haven't been to din at any dinners at my mom's house yet. No. My mom's an unbelievable cook. I thought it was going to be about Jewel. No. <laughs> Um, no, thank God. No, <laughs> thank God. my mom's an unbelievable cook. Sometimes my mom can make too many things. And so she'll do like the Italian, you know, the Italian dinner. So she'll make like meatballs and brujols. She'll make baked ziti. She'll make an awesome Caesar salad. And then she'll also make the, the red peppers that she, which we had for Easter. And it was too much stuff. And it was like, it was like Italy, but inside. I, I had to eat everything and I just felt bad after. Whereas like maybe if there are no brujols, I just feel better after the dinner. And it was, I think the Warriors are a little bit like that where it's like, maybe you don't need the five things at the dinner. Maybe with three, you're good. And then you can fit in the McKinney and the Looney and Swedish Larry and... You don't really need you that never much gave firepower. Up on Larry. I never did. Seven and oh, five plus minutes. <laughs> is <laughs> he a max guy? The thing is, they're just more fun. You replace Durant with a better version of Jarebko and, you know, whoever the 34 year old guy is who wants a ring and a little shooting, and you build the team around those three guys and kind of do what they did. I think it would work. I, th I, I think never, they're the. I actually right. think they're the favorites next year. I don't know if the odds they are out for be. next if they, year. Look, if they win this thing, uh, it depends on what Durant's role is going to be here. And I don't know if that was them misdiagnosing or doing kind of the short lie. Just be like, let's give the best version of this. I actually news think now. that injury is a little worse than yeah, they're letting out. Right. So, well, we already like it's the, all the all the tea leaves are however you reading them. Like, oh, hey, another setback, another setback. Well, you know, or is this it is a, setback, a whole medical language thing, though. Straight. There's no such thing as a strained calf. It means you tore something in your calf and it's not a full tear, but it's a slight tear, which means it's a strain and your calf is strained. Look it's at not, you. Have you had one? No, it's just like, there's no, it's, it's a fake. 
word, strained. What does that even mean? It just means I've strained. heard this. I've heard this described before. I'm it sure means some slight people. tear versus tear. If you say he has a slight calf tear, it sounds worse, and people freak out. Strain is bullshit. So I think he had a slight tear in his calf, and now they're you're trying to rally it back. But he, this goes back to the question I want to ask you: How do you ease him back into this now? This has been like a fucking warrior's orgasm fest for a week. People are so happy to have this version of the Warriors. Imagine if back. they lost game one and Durant's back, or if they're up 2-0. I think that's they, the worst case scenario. All right, so let's so walk you through all the scenarios. Wait a, minute, wait a minute, are we going there? Are you telling me like- They win two games in Milwaukee, and then Durant shows up and goes, hey guys, good news, I'm back. And they're 7-0 and without him, going to Golden State, where everybody's so happy to have this team back. So you'd bring him off the bench? <laughs> if you do. <knew. laughs> You know, came off the bench watch, the legend, nineteen eighty two. He broke Cam it. Neely. You know, <laughs> he broke his nose, and they had like a seven game winning streak without him. And then he came back, and they brought him off the bench for like three weeks. They won eighteen straight. He was six men, so it has happened. That was always like that Celtics thing. Like we take a lot of pride in that six yeah, man. Six thing. man. Cause Mikhail, sacrifice. Right. It's, it's who finishes the games. Yeah. I want to be able to tell girls when I go out, I'm a starter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So this is most, I just it, like this version more. Cause yeah. Clay, no, we, Clay we, do, had we more, both do, but, but it's Clay not, had more touches. Draymond's more involved. Curry's more involved. And it's like, all right, now how do we fit Durant in where all four guys can reach their maximum potential together? Cause even in the two title things, we never, a thousand percent saw it. Somebody was always losing something, and maybe that's just the way it goes. It's got to matter. It's got to matter in some way that Draymond hasn't been this good in three years. As soon as Durant is out, but I look at that as simply effort, not movement, not movement around. Well, he does seem like he's in better shape. That looks like yeah. But I would if I were a, a high school I wouldn't coach, be surprised if it came out before the finals, as everybody's writing about this for a week, where Draymond's like. Yeah, I gave up drinking for the playoffs or something like, or I gave up carbs or there's some, he looks thinner and more explosive. Something's going on. What if he was like, I'm just, I pound vodka. That's <laughs> I'm it. drinking more. Right, right. I'm drinking more, which I eat less. <laughs> I don't sleep anymore. <laughs> I'm just drinking constantly. <laughs> but it's soda water. Tonic, man. That quinine, mm. it's out. Calories. I'm just pounding vodka sodas all the time. I'll tell you, Look I'll tell you now. this much though. I do think, it's lined up for the Warriors. What's interesting is they were minus 225 to win the title 36 hours ago. Now they're minus 200. The line's dropping. And I think it's because of the Iguodala thing and uncertainty about KD and all that stuff. But I just feel really confident they're going to win the finals no matter what happens. I'd be shocked if KD wasn't ready for the finals with another week. Unless you have a torn calf. Yeah, yeah, but it's then that's all, a four-week injury. This will be the part, though, for Katie. That's like this has all been fun. We all, but I, I can't, I can't go too far down this road and say like you'd rather just roll with this. Like, Katie, how crazy would it be if he hurt his calf in the rehab and just never came back, and they won the title with him? They won the title, and then he signed somewhere else. There's, there's no precedent ever in the NBA history that would match that. That would be one of those things. Five years later, you're doing a podcast, and you'd be like, oh, remember. Like Durant left. I don't know. I mean, it would seem in the moment, like, I'm never going to forget this. Think all the stuff you forget. And then you could go. Nick's at Warriors. It's like, hey, we're going to give Kevin Durant his ring now. In the he back. was so instrumental in, in those first two <laughs> rounds. He would, would he take it? Oh, he'll be so mad. 
he'd be so, how could you not be mad? We, so that's kind of gets back to that point. Like he can't, he can't want them to win without him. If, if he's really hurt and he's not coming back. I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel. I'm an only child. So I would just be rooting for myself and any outcome. So I'd be like, I hope those guys lose. So well, I can you come back as a yeah, savior. As an only child. There's no question. You I'd guys be are root- wired I, a little differently. I would be rooting against the Warriors in all five of those games. Actually, I would have rooted for them in game six. But then with the Portland series, I'd be like, I hope these fucking guys do this. Look, we can bring it back. Like there was a month Van Pelt took off. It was like the first time they took a month off. They looked at the ratings. <laughs> they went up. <laughs> and, I, and Scott went... Yeah. I'm just going to admit I didn't love seeing that, <laughs> which was the greatest line ever that we were close enough where he was like, what? They went up, huh? And I then, mean, it wasn't like. Then you're making excuses like, wow, it's football season. Yeah, I started trying to, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm always hot around NBA free agency. Like that's what was, it was like that month. Yeah, it was like a good LeBron month, dude. Don't worry about it. It's you know, fine. we had the baseball trade deadline heating up. We're trying to figure out if. Some closers are going to be moved around. <laughs> a lot of closers at play. It is great. Glendon Rush, there was like three teams in on him. I don't remember. I'm sure this has happened over the years. And we've seen it with like, this team's definitely, like in the, the 95 Magic, they beat MJF, they beat the Pacers in the Eastern Finals. They're going into the finals. Right, but that finals. was the weird MJ year, him coming back. Yeah, but yeah. when they went to the finals. I just want to make sure no Jordan fans freaked out. Yeah. Well, they've destroyed all tapes from there. They go to the finals. They're like minus 400, minus 450. The Rockets, like they crawl in back to back, trying to go for the back to back champs. Hakeem's getting a little older. Everybody's like, Orlando, here they come. Shaq and Penny, first title, it's going to happen. And then in a week it's over and it's like, wow, Hakeem's great. Shaq and Penny didn't have it. And it just flipped. We've seen that happen in the playoffs. I don't remember a narrative flipping where we're all like, Kevin Durant's the best player in the league. And then a week later, it's like, the Warriors don't need Kevin Durant. This is insane. It's insane. Things change. Like I always thought it'd be fun and you could do this. And I almost wrote out the full tweet. I was going to do a thread of like how the stories changed every few days in the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Where you'd be going like, you know, who LeBron doesn't want to see in the first round is Wade. Like <laughs> right. then when he was still with Cleveland. Yeah. When you're like looking at the team and be like, if he gets Wade in the first round, like Wade's going to know his deal. Like that's probably, that's probably a matchup they're going to want to avoid. And then it's like, or that team doesn't, you know, like, or no, it doesn't matter. And all these things, all these different things that would happen. This is unprecedented that the player who we thought, who I don't think we were wrong looking at it this way. I mean, Kawhi's been great. Giannis has been great, but it just feels and Durant a little bit was more, great. Yeah, but but if you're if and you're Curry's telling me been great. you're taking Durant over him at that point, and Steph had like a weird kind of you know below our standards for Steph stretch in the middle. But even though I what didn't like, it felt like he'd had more bad games than he actually had. Looking back at some of the stuff, and then he's on this tear, but. Yeah, a week later to go, do they need him to win another NBA championship? But that's why the math is always, you know, we're not always great with math on this stuff because we'll go, okay, well, how are they going to replace this 30 points a game? Well, you're going to have two of the guys who are the best shooters we've ever seen in the history of this game take more shots. That's a that's a nice little sol- problem solver. You know you're great when you can incorporate these dudes like McKinney, who I didn't even know a, officially what his name was until about three weeks ago. You could have told me it was Bryant. Um and then the last two weeks, was like, oh, it's Alfonso, but I didn't know if it was with a Z or an S, and now I know it's with a Z. But they're just <laughs> throwing these random dudes in, and that's the sign of a great team. Like the the mid-'80s Celtics and the mid-'80s Lakers, you could just grab the random Fred Roberts and, you know, make the finals with Fred Roberts is playing. Um, 
that's kind of what they have. And going back to your point about how do you replace the, the KD points, it's pretty replaceable when you have, as long as you have the three, you can fit everything else around that. And Iguodala shooting a game six against Houston. Like that. He kind of paid for his sins though, right? That was... He has a... He got, he either got hurt. I guess he got hurt afterwards, but the the amount of time that he played in that last series, it was what we talked about a couple weeks ago in the pod. How he had to put the pedal to the metal in that series, like there were ramifications with Iguodala. Nobody yeah. else, nobody else was. No, but his shooting, because when you're sitting there going, okay, this is going to have to defend this, and then Iguodala hits those kinds of shots to keep you in the game in the first half when Steph has done nothing. Um, what do you think Kevon Looney gets in free agency? A lot. I think he's really good. I, I tweeted that yesterday. I don't know. I didn't check the replies, but I was just like, this guy's genuinely good. I think, yeah, like, really good might be an exaggeration, but I, I, I'm also going off of somebody How about looked, genuinely good? Yeah, good. And he can do, like when other teams go small, and you can always tell like with an announcer, you go, this guy's locked in or this guy's not locked in. You know, when it's like, oh, Looney's out there, you know, bad matchup. And Looney will get switched onto a smaller guy. And you go, actually, Looney's pretty good at staying yeah. in front of smaller players. Don't worry guy. about Looney. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's kind of the default thing. Like, oh, the switch. We got the guard on the center. This guy's going to go right by him. And you're like, no, Looney, Looney fights his ass off, man. And Looney, you know, I made a bad joke on Twitter. It was actually a good joke, but it was it was nasty. Because I was like, and this year, you know, and and this year's guest speaker at the Tristan Thompson big man camp is Kavon Looney, who will, <laughs> who will help us understand how to make easy shots way harder. Because, you know, Tristan <laughs> has this joke. habit of of around the basket. Like, he doesn't go up as quick. Like, he doesn't have that quick first or second jump. So you can have more time to challenge, like, a bigger guy. And Looney used to bring the ball down or he'd turn wrong foot and you just, you know. So they must have worked with him on that because he doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't do it anymore. Absolutely. He's like, really good around the rim. A, like, I'm always shocked. There's a complete difference of – it gets one thing to be almost seven feet, get an offensive board, but if you're going to bring it down to everybody else and everything's awkward. So I'm blown away also, by his improvement. Really good hands with like tough passes around the, the rim from close range. And the lobs, he wasn't doing that, that stuff before. No, I agree. Curry's career playoffs now, 106 games, 26, 5, 6, with the 45, 41, 90 uh, shooting splits. Like he's, if you're talking about a hundred games or more in the playoffs, he's now one of the ten best playoff players of all time, by any statistical metric, I would say. Um, I want to talk about Portland, but let's take a quick break. Let's talk about Simply Safe. Simply Safe Home Security. I like these guys. They're from Boston. Great security system. Awesome protection. Very easy to use. And once again. They're from Boston. Simply Safe got started after Harvard engineer's friends got burglarized when they went to get a security system. It was a hassle, too complicated, too expensive, terrible contracts. So he built something better. A comprehensive, easy to use protection with no contracts and fair prices. Keeps your family and home safe 24-7. For only $14.99 a month. It's engineered to keep working. During power outages, downed Wi-Fi. If Kyle smashes your keypad accidentally, whatever happens. Thoughtfully designed, never in your way, protects against fires, carbon monoxide, water damage, Kyle cigarettes, whatever you need. It protects you from everything. Go with the only home security I trust, Simply Safe. Go to simplysafe.com slash BS today. Simplysafe.com slash BS for the home security I need. Simply Safe with two eyes. Simplysafe.com slash BS. If you're Portland, you're the Portland GM, or you're the you, Neil O'Shea hires you as the assistant GM, and he says, Hey, Ryan. Do I have to move? 
No, <laughs> you can do it all from Manhattan Beach. He says, hey, Ryan, do you think we can ever beat Stephen Clay with Dame and CJ? Are we always at a disadvantage with that combo? What do I do? What do you, what do you tell him? We have one of the best backcourts in the NBA, maybe the second best. Um, think about how excited we all were to get to the Western Conference Finals. We know what we're going up against. Maybe the greatest group ever assembled. So let's not start figuring out ways to tweak our thing. Let's not give up. And that's always been the MO out of there anyway, because um, I've, I've talked with those guys in the past about it, where they have far more patience and constraint, or however you want to frame it, than I think the outside world does. So, you know, there was a lot of thought they weren't even going to get out of the first round because of what Oklahoma City had done against them over the regular season. They swept them. And then they beat Denver, and I still think Denver played so poorly in Game 7. They have to be Denver left that on the table. Denver should not bad. have lost that I agree. series. But um, we both picked Portland, and I feel like I got that series wrong. <laughs> so this happens. It sucks. All this excitement, goodwill, and then you're swept by a team without Durant. But I would just go, we need whoever that third guy is, it's either going to be Zach Collins getting a lot better. Can and I, we'll can I just explain everybody? Can I give you the part two of Neil O'Shea talking to you? Yeah. Sorry, I had to find this. He says, Hey, good news. Dame will sign the Supermax. And you go, Oh, that's cool. Just for out of curiosity, what are those numbers? And he says, Well, well funny you should, you should ask. We're just writing them GM. down. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, Why don't you have this? So starting 2021-22, he'll be 31 years old and turning 32 during that season. First year of the Supermax, 42.6 million. Next year, 46. Year three, 49.4. And then year four, 2024-25, he's 34 going into that year. He'll be 35 during that season. 52.8 million. What do you think we should do, Ryan? Can, can he take it? Can he sign it now? Because that's the reality of it. We just got off a week ago. We were talking about this guy going, he's the third best guard in this league behind two all-time offensive players. He's second team All-NBA. We've gone over his All-NBA resume. So you're not worried about entire- paying him $53 million when he's 35 no, years old. You know what we need to do is we need to, like I always thought a website should do this. You have yeah. one. Oh, I did. Is when the cap went up, we should have done like just the cap calculator where, hey, if you were 17-5, now with this new cap structure, 17.5 just means, you know, 26.8. Yeah. Now, that's all it is. So we need to stop looking. We're still, this still feels new. So with the Supermax, we actually need to just start looking at these things as the cost of doing business. And I'd rather do it with somebody like him who doesn't have any issues, seems to like it in Portland, who's as team first as it gets and stays healthy. There's one issue. What? That you just skipped over. Just name me a little guy who aged well into their mid-30s. In the history of the league, who stayed? Isaiah was over early. What was thirty one? Isaiah was retired when he was like like thirty two. Right? Yeah, it was bad. So I'm trying to trying to think of little guys. Uh, I'll give you the complete list. Yeah, so you got like Tiny Archibald, right? Iverson. Iverson didn't age well, but that had nothing to do with his size. (laughs) Yeah, maybe a little bit. No, I, I, I would say the casinos and the other stuff probably. I would say don't. the helicopter runs right after a game, and then I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Chris Paul? He's not aging well. Um, John Stockton. Great. He was still awesome, right? Had to play end. him. Yeah, but they pretty much had him on the 32 minutes a game thing from the moment he turned 30. 
No and kidding, really? Yeah. Yeah. They were very careful about so, how they okay. used his minutes. That's fine. Like, I'm not going to give you all these names because I, I understand the position. Like, small I, I guys just like think, that. I think it's out. completely unrealistic that he is still an all NBA player for the last two years of that contract. So, what would you do as Portland? Wait until I don't the next know. huge name guy, like a top. No, you're I think not you, getting another top 10 guy. You, you just to pay do him. It. Yeah, you just pay him. You have to do it, but it sucks, which leads me to my second point. Why wouldn't with the Supermax, they make a rule, and I know they have a new CBA coming up, that the Supermax franchise player, whatever you want to call it, just counts for a certain figure, but you can still pay the player over that figure. So if you do Supermax, it's $34 million or 35 or whatever, and that's just it. But he can still make his 52, but it's worth 35. Now you're rewarding people who get to stay at, you know, in the same city for longer, which is allegedly what the league wants, which leads me to my third question. I'm not sure that's what the league wants. I think they like the turnover. I think they like... You know, even going back to the ladder, if you're going to say, well, if they're going to fix the ladder, they'd fix it to the Knicks. I'm not sure. It actually might be better for them to have superstar, potential superstars go to small markets that they can then leave in four to seven years and then have everybody talking about it for 12 straight months versus Zion going to the Knicks where he's never going to leave. Do you think that, okay, so there's a lot there. Yeah. Um, I, I just well, it's you a full it's seven, Right. It's seven years control because we still don't have that guy. Like, you know who was the first one rumored ever was that Kyrie was going to pass up all the rookie extension money. We should have known then. Like that was, that was that was like the first guy I'd ever heard it. Be like, no, nope, <laughs> like he good. was really seriously yeah. considering it. Right. Yeah. So um it's too much money. It's it would be abject insanity to pass it up. Okay. Well, the, the the first thing about the Supermax, the unintended consequence of this is that it's all so much money now, is that it doesn't matter. So the impact that it was supposed to have is not actually that impactful. I'll, it's impactful on your salary cap. No, it's impactful there, but it's not It's not having the impact on slowing the player movement down. Like, they would have not put that in place if they liked what was happening. The owners don't like the power shift, and I don't think Silver likes the power shift. So, yes, we talk about it. It's really fun. I can't wait for the weeks leading up to July and then ultimately yeah. July itself. Like, we've gotten really excited about one dude in previous summers, and now we have, like, it feels like almost 10 guys that are all in play Every year, here. there's six to nine guys that we're super excited about. But this is unprecedented. Yeah. This one is, for this July. Now you have, like, D'Angelo Russell as an afterthought who, if the Brooklyn gets an, another point guard like Kyrie or Kemba or whoever, he's just on the market as somebody who might make an all-NBA team two years from now that you can just, if you're Orlando, you can be like, oh, cool. There's the point guard we've wanted for five years. Let's yeah, just, we'd never get him in free agency. Sign we him. could figure out a way. Well, uh, they would have to, I mean, they'd still have his, his rights. So that would be, I don't think he would just be, unless they had to renounce it to go get the other guys. That's, that's exactly that's what, what would have would to do. happen. Um, yeah. Do you think, okay, let me just kick it back to you then. Do you think the owners like the players having all of this control? No. Because, right. So. I don't think they like having to give Dame Lillard 52.8 million when he's 35 years old and he's six feet tall. Are you saying that there's a cap on the figure you can give him or that it only counts towards the salary cap to a certain dollar and then they can pay him whatever they want? That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying. I'm saying the number for the cap is 36, say, right. 35, whatever. And it's just frozen. I understood and that. It. But is that number beyond? Because like, this has always been one of the things that's come up. Like, okay, well, if you really, really want to cut down on player movement, which I think you and I are agreeing the owners would rather have. And it's not the player. They just want the control. 
they want to be able to control it. So if you could say, all right, let's sign a player and we can sign him for whatever we want to, but every dollar over you this number- You can sign him for 70, right, right. but it counts for 35. The owners aren't going to agree to that either because they're not, the owners have all these things in place, whether it's the trade restrictions. Which well, so maybe loosened. you have a max. Maybe the max is 50 million, but they only count for 35. I'm sure the GMs would be fine it. with that, but- what the owners are going to do is, is they just know they can't help themselves. So they try to collectively agree to things that prevent them from doing everything that you're saying that they, you know they would do. And then I think it get back to the stuff that we kind of grew up with with some of the first max players where it was just default the best player on all 30 teams got the max. And then next thing you know, you're like, why, don't, why is Antoine Walker making the max? Like, well, he's, that was he's, tough. He's, that he's was Antoine player. Walker, Big Country Reeves, Ray LaFrance. Rafe I mean, got it. Yeah. All six years. All six-year deals. Seven if the home team. A couple of Jalen, I think, got a seven-year. Well, there used to be seven with the incumbent team on the match. Yeah, Jalen was like two years before. And Jalen's was like seven years, 95 The owners could go back to that. There'd be less player movement. And then it'd be <laughs> awesome because then we'd have trade demands. Be like, I have four years left in my contract. I've been here long enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. I don't know how you fix it. I'm with you on Portland. I would, uh, I would not do anything, but I do wonder if Philly called and was like, can we talk about CJ and Ben? Now CJ is going to get mad because for the fifth straight summer, I'm throwing him in a trade rumor. But if Philly called Portland and was like, let's talk about CJ and Ben. Let's have a serious conversation about it. Well, you wouldn't do that if you were Portland, would you? That'd be perfect for Philly. CJ's making like 25 and Ben's making like seven. Yeah, but if I look at the the sheet here, Portland's so high still because of the Evan Turner deal. He's at 18.6. Yusuf's 12. Mo Harkless is 11.5. Myers Leonard's 11.3. Oh my like God. They're not, they're not getting off of this. So even but they're paying you, a major tax though. And they're, they're trying they're, to sell yeah, the team. I think. With every number I have in front of me, they're at like 128, 127. That's, that's a disaster. So even if you save the money on the money going out for Simmons and the or the money going out with CJ and the money coming in, you know, that's like the old. I was thinking about it. It makes less sense for them. It's an incredible trade for Philly. It's so good for Philly. I was really so much fun. You. I just. We should do this every week now. A different CJ McCollum trade for you. Because <laughs> he took it. Like, I don't think. I know you and I know the game enough of like how we do this. And then yeah. CJ felt like it was very personal on him. That wasn't were, at all. And I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't. For me, but it now was more should, like I'd rather see him on his own team. Yeah. Now I want it to be personal and I want every week you to bring your homework assignment is a different CJ McCollum trade. <laughs> I want, even like game four, I was mad. They ran the final play for Dame. And it's like, I'm sorry. I would just, that ball should go to CJ in the last play. Think I know of, Dame made the 37 footer, but that was a lifetime ago. Yeah. And the other thing, like think about all the, all the scoring combos. We wonder, like, is this really the best way for them to play together? Are these guys always going to be, and it works, it works for them and it whatever, did. whatever their level, like this is a successful year for the Portland trailblazers. Great year. Especially coming off of what happened in the playoffs last year. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I always wonder if if I would be a terrible GM at a press conference because I would just say, yeah, we lost to a better team. And I know they don't have Durant, but like, those guys are really good. And I know it's disappointing to get swept, but we're pretty happy with what just happened and we want to keep this team together. Or you could argue that it was a complete fluke that the three best teams in the West all ended up in the same bracket. Houston, Utah, Golden State. Just randomly all ended up in the same bracket playing... 
a free for all in round one, and then the winner play, and all of a sudden by the conference finals. Yeah, you could get, do that. Yeah, you could do that too. I mean, I think a year later we're looking at some of the stuff that happened in the East playoffs last year. But like people should stop bragging about making the Eastern Conference Finals last I year. I was looking up the all NBAs. I was trying to think like winning five years, making the finals five years in a row. I was trying to put in my head how unbelievable that was. Well, the magic nine and twelve years never gets brought up. Like Magic Johnson making it to nine NBA finals oh, in 12 yeah. years. But the West was really bad during most of that stretch. I don't know who the they East were ever going to lose The East was to. so much more loaded. Yeah. And then with this Warriors thing. There were second and first round matchups in the East growing up back then where you're like, this is, these are two good teams. Like Milwaukee would never beat anybody. They beat, what, Boston in 83. But yeah, so anyway, back to your point. Just the teams and the players Golden State had to go through for those five years is basically most of the good players of the league. Like I, I went and looked through the uh, the NBA. Oh, team. how many guys they had to go through? Yeah, just like who the best players in the league are. are they in the East or the West? You know, and all right, I'm looking through the year by year NBA. Like last year, LeBron, KD, Davis, Harden, Lillard were your first team NBA. Four of those five guys were in the West. The year before, same thing. Four out of five guys in the West. The year before, same thing. Four out of the five guys in the West. Although one of them was DeAndre Jordan. So not totally fair. But Durant was second team. Should have been DeAndre first was first team? Yeah, because they were still picking center. Year before was LeBron, Davis, Gasol, Curry, Harden. LeBron was the only guy from the East until this year who was first team on NBA. Dating back to Joakim Noah in 2013-14. I love Noah that year. And then before that... That's actually... This is incredible. So then like, before that... This is actually that, like really... Four out of five, 2012 13 season. Um, Who was the, year the other before, one? So, Derek Rose, 2012, with LeBron and Dwight Howard. That was the first time the East had more good players than the West. 2012, the East was better than the West. That was the last time you could say that. It feels like the only time you can say it in the last 15 years, too. Yeah. You know, I was listening to Verno on KOC today talking about that Grizzlies Warrior series. When they and, were up 2 1. Yeah. And Verno is really passionate about, um, people not remembering Tony Allen's hamstring injury in that series. Cause he was like, that series went seven and our best defender tore his hamstring in game four and kept playing after. And there's this whole narrative about how the Warriors fought back, came back from two, one. That's how they learned how to win that 2015 Warriors um, title is I, I unfortunately was not at that point. That's when uh, I left ESPN. Like I think they're in round two. But that title is a really weird title. I think that's one of the weirdest titles we've had. Because then they play the Cavs in the finals and everybody's gone but LeBron and the Cavs. Um, I think that was also the year the Clippers lost to the Rockets when they blew. It was really should have been the Clippers winning the title that year. And you Doc, go back and look Doc at it. Doc basically was saying that too. Yeah, Remember they Doc were the like- best team that year and somehow didn't win. And the Warriors were like a year early, but won anyway. Next year was the year the Warriors Reminded me when the Pats won the Super Bowl or made the Super Bowl in 96. But they should have made it the next year and it was just a year early. Somehow the Warriors won. Anyway, uh, my point is the West is like really crazy good and has been for seven years. And to make the finals five years in a row is fucking hard. Durant, Westbrook, Duncan, uh, all those dudes that have been hardened, all these dudes, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. These were all like top three, top four guys. Uh, By the way, I just wanted to, they beat Memphis in six games. That or year. six games, sorry. So, sorry, uh, Chris Vernon. No, I just, I, I, they're down. They win the first game by 15. 
Uh, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. wait they lose the next two. They uh, start to get tight. Yeah, no, I remember that, but I'm, I'm just and trying to double And then game four is in Memphis. They lose, right, game four in Memphis, they win by 17, then they won by 20, and then they won by uh, 13. Hmm. I don't remember it being as close. Honestly, you know what that sounds like from Verno? It sounds like you remembering something with the Celtics that nobody else would remember. And I'd like to not, so if not, Tony Allen doesn't get hurt, not, there's no yeah. Warriors dynasty. Yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah. one. Yeah, I think it's insane. That's a good, yeah. no, that's a good quarter. <laughs> I want Verno to keep going with that one. The hamstring injury nobody ever talks about. Everybody yeah. talks about them putting, um, was it Bogut on Gasol? Or excuse me, on Bogut on, uh, on Tony Allen so that he could help off of him the whole time. The first year the Warriors won the title, on the first three All-NBA teams, you only had LeBron, you had Pau Gasol second team, and you had Kyrie third team. Then the next year, LeBron first team, nobody second team, Paul George, Andre German, Kyle Lowry third team. Yikes. Uh, the next year, LeBron first team, Isaiah second team, Jimmy Butler, John Wall, and DeRozan, third team. John Wall. John Wall. It's a highlight for him. But the point is, 75% of the really good players were in the West during this whole run. And it's impressive. It has to be mentioned. Anything else we got before you want to do Thrones? We haven't oh, even done Magic. The, no, tell me about... Oh, shit, Magic. All right, let's do Magic. All right, well, you go first. Because you. This was we weren't even sure we were doing a pod together this week. And I get a text this morning. It's like, really... Really want to talk about the Lakers. Are you here? I said, give me the time. I'll be there. I was in disbelief. <laughs> you were live tweeting the whole first time. I was experience. in disbelief. I couldn't Did you know? Believe. Did you set your day around it? Were you like, no. all right, no. Somebody texted me about like 7.13 and was like, are you watching first take? And I was like, no. Why? Magic's on. I was like, running run the TV. <laughs> uh, it was so many highlights. So first you have him bristling at the fact that he thought him and Jeannie had an agreement that he was only going to work part-time, basically. I told her I was going to be in and out. I don't know what she was expecting. Did he really say that about not getting into the movies on Sunday? Yes. <laughs> what was the line? He was like, I, he was like, I gave up all this stuff. You know, people said and work hard. Like one of my favorite things is to go to the movies on Sunday night. I gave that up. He was like me and Cookie would go to the movies on Sunday nights. I stopped doing that. Uh, but he was basically like, how dare Rob Palenka, the backstabber Rob Palenka, question my commitment to the Lakers when I had already made it clear that I own all these other businesses, I made a lot of money, and this is how it was going to have to be. And it was like, you're just explaining why you were terrible at this job because you're doing it in a part-time way. Then he goes through and he's like, you know, he he randomly mentions four of the worst moves he made. He's like, well, Russell, you know, we had to get him out of there because the little swaggy P thing. Yeah. It's like, all right, so you're, you're trading the number two pick in the draft two years after you drafted him because of some weird incident he had with somebody who's no longer on your team. Great. Noted. Then it's like, uh, then Zubats, what were his stats? He puts Max Kellerman on the spot. What are, what were his stats? Hmm. And Max looks up, he's like five points, five and a half rebounds. He's like, yeah, exactly. Like basically he was like, Mad that anybody. Muscala's been awesome. Yeah, well, he's right. like he, but he took accountability for that. He's like, look, I was wrong. I thought Muscala was going to add some shooting. He didn't, and it's like this is why you were terrible at your job. You're missing the point. Zubac, whether whatever you think, was at least an asset to throw in a yeah, trade. Don't throw me his his averages. Yeah, it doesn't look matter at what him a 21 versus, year old. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, 
so to, the fact that he didn't understand that was an asset was crazy. And then he is, what was the other terrible moves he made? Uh, oh, he talked about, um, what was the other bad movie? Brooke made? Lopez? Randall? Brooke Lopez, he took, yeah. He was like, Randall, you know, Randall and LeBron, that couldn't have existed together. So he's like, and Randall got two years, so we had to let him go. I'm and like, by the way, Randall, Zion, should they look to trade one of those guys? Coming up next? <laughs> but Why liked, this Randall-Zion thing won't work next on Get Up? I like that he just was like, we couldn't have done Randall, you know, with LeBron. And it's like, but instead you gave all of his money to like KCP? Yeah, like what? Malik, but you could do Malik, you, but like Michael Beasley? Yeah. Malik Beasley what are you Beasley's talking about? Like. And then he's like, Brooke Lopez? Yeah, that was a mistake. I was like, yeah, I would hope so. I would hope, hope you would feel that was a mistake. I wanted him to go on. You had no shooting bigs. I wanted him to just be like, I think he's better in Milwaukee system. Wouldn't have worked here. And it, but then <laughs> there, that would have been great but then even with the Russell thing it's like you know we did get Kuzma out of that it's like okay but it was just he was so out to lunch in so many different ways and really going after Plinka and the crazy thing is he's doing this whole I love the Lakers Jeannie's like my sister I w I'd love to be involved in the recruiting it's like you just blew up the Lakers they were already a joke you made them seem like an e even bigger train wreck of backstabbing people. He mentioned the two Bruss brothers. They wanted more power. He mentioned Tim Harris, the CFO, or say, what is he, CMO? He's like the business affairs business guy. guy but then when He's like, that guy now wanted more power. And yeah. then, it, and basically you leave this first take thing and you go, wow, I knew they were a shit show. They're, they're like a, a fucking tipped over Portage John, <laughs> but you love the Lakers. Like, and then on top of it, they're announcing their coach that day. So he submarined that. I thought it was one of the most selfish things I've seen. I, I really like lost respect for him. If you're Magic Johnson, um, you're, you're walking around this planet a little different, right? You're just a different guy. How yeah. could you not have a massive ego if you were Magic Johnson? You are, you you're a have, superstar. You should have a massive ego. You have delivered on so many different fronts. So this has felt like magic looking at it like how do i fix this for magic like how yes. do i how do i do all of this stuff so that everybody knows that i'm still cool like so that that city still loves me so lakers fans still and they're always going to love him because he was an awesome player but that's what it felt like like him going i'm going to go in here and kick ass on this thing but i'm going to get the message out and get the message out loud and clear so that, like i don't i don't take any hits i don't take any hits down the road here but in doing that like now you have more questions I don't think anybody, no one thought when Magic got this gig in the beginning that he was going to be grinding and doing all these different things. So I thought if, it was more ceremonial. I didn't I know thought that it was a closer, actually. I thought it was a guy to come in and talk to other superstars and get meetings with guys you hadn't gotten in the past. Because yes. that was weird. The Lakers are missing out on meetings with B-level stars in this yeah. league, okay? So if Palenka, if it was understood, like we can all make a bunch of Magic jokes, but like this is the part where I'm actually a little sympathetic to Magic is that I think we all knew that he wasn't going to be like, all right, well, I'm headed up to Big Sky again. You know, I'm going to be there for three days scouting regular season games. Like, everybody knew he wasn't going to be doing that. Right. So if that's not what was expected of him, then fuck anybody for knocking him for that when it was all sort of understood ahead of time. But the weird thing that happens with massive egos, because Palinka's got an ego, and he should. Very successful agent, you know, Kobe's guy, that whole thing. And on top of that, now you're in a city where everybody's wondering if you actually don't know what you're doing. And so you want to stick up for yourself. You, you don't want have to love it either. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. We need to get to that because this is a real thing that's happening with this Lakers front office and it picks up, you know, being in Chicago for this past week with the combine stuff. But, you know, Palenka, who clearly complained about magic, if you believe the Rick Buecher story, which seems very specific that there were these emails going around yeah. where, where Palenka wasn't removing 
Magic from the CC complaining about Magic. Right, forgetting and, he was on the email yeah, chain. And Magic saw that, which actually makes me worry about your skills about anything. Magic claimed that wasn't true in the first take thing. I don't know what to believe there. Yeah, it neither. seemed like a very specific thing. Maybe it's not, but when something's specific like that, you're like, well, how would that lie? Like, what would be the origin of that lie if that, if that didn't really happen? So if you're Palenka, are you ripping Magic for doing what everybody thought he was going to end up doing? Like, did it become one of those corporate things where everybody understands, hey, we're all on the same page. We all know what the roles are and the expectations of each other. But now that I'm in it and it's happening and you're not working as hard and you're not around and maybe there's not an office for you being in it, I resent it more. And now I'm going to complain to the bus family about you behind your back. So I don't think that's what happened. I think so. I looked up Magic's Twitter feed last year and one of my favorite Magic Twitter traditions out of many of them is when he goes on vacation for five weeks in the summer and he posts pictures of his vacation with Sam Jackson and all this stuff. I just really enjoy it because I still love magic. I loved working with him. That's why I was so disappointed that he handled this whole thing this way. Um, he was gone for five weeks last summer and he's just tweeting from like, now I'm in Italy. Now I'm in France. Hey, I'm in Monaco. And I'm sure at some point, you know, it's now we're heading into September. Yeah, but that's that dead period. I'm out of here. I know, but it's early September and I'm sure at some point he'd be like, hey, we're going to have a meeting about talking about possible training camp guys. And Polinka says something like, by the way, I'm not defending Polinka, but Polinka's like, well, you know, Magic's still on his trip. You know, and just a little barb. And then somebody passes that along. And then you have the two bus brothers who are like, where's Magic? And it becomes a narrative in the office. Oh, great. Magic's actually here today. And he, at some point, probably heard through the grapevine that this was going on and got pissed off about it, would be my guess. Okay, but how different do you think what you've just said is from what I just said? I, I think we're saying the same thing. Like, in no, it, but, uh, when you're in it, you're like, oh, magic's not here again, I roll. Yeah. And, and, it, and then it gets back to him. But, I, like, don't think, okay, but I don't think Polinka, my point is, I don't think Polinka was like trashing him. I just don't think he was defending him. Here's the bigger problem the Lakers have, okay? And then Ramona has the piece on, on Jeannie Buss today where Jeannie's like, it's okay, kind of harsh for, I thought they were, a, Ramona I always felt like was pro-Jeannie in the pieces. That one was not pro-Jeannie. No, it, but it was definitely defining Jeannie as all of this is still a shock to me because I kept asking Magic, hey, what's going on? Right. What's going on? He said nothing. He says nothing. And then he goes on and trashes the whole, the whole setup on first take, which I do think, I agree with you here where it's like he, his calculations were off on that. Like he went there to go save himself, protect himself, build himself back up. And then he ended up saying some things where you're like, man, what, what are you doing here? But this the goes, timing of it was an absolute atrocity. And it had to have been on purpose. Right. Well, if you know that they're announcing the coach that day, you got to move the first take appearance at that point. You can't be like, oh no, this would be great if I go on first take and call Rob Plinko a backstabber unless there's way more going on that we don't know yet. Now, there's a possibility that there's 80% of the story we don't know, and it's way worse, and Plinko did some really scary, shady shit or I'm willing whatever. to believe any of that, by yeah. the way. Do you not believe that? No, I think I think Magic didn't trust him. I don't think... I think he was tired of, of being ridiculed because the Lakers sucked. So then that gets back to Genie, And he just didn't want to do it anymore. But that gets back to Genie. That gets back to like, okay, well, what was the plan here? You can't put two guys together that don't want to be together. Well, you know? true. And, and now they're doing it again with the coaching thing. I mean, the, the world that we live in that somehow we think Vogel is settling after Ty Lue and Monty Williams. And like Vogel's, how did, yeah. How, how did that, like, oh, uh, I guess we'll take Vogel. Vogel versus Monty like, Williams. You wanted Monty Stop Williams it. that bad? Like, what are you? And then... Okay, well, just to make it really fucked up, let's put Jason Kidd on the staff, though, because that right. appeases LeBron. That would be great. 
And, you know, Jason Kidd will end up probably being the head coach because LeBron will complain about Vogel at some point. Like that, I mean, that's just how all this stuff feels. But the the origin of it was always like other teams around the league had real concerns about magic. The tampering thing, not saying I don't the tampering thing I don't care about. I don't, but other teams freak out. Teams are very inconsistent with like when another team signs one of their restricted guys to an offer sheet, the team will complain to me and be like, oh, you know, what the hell? I can't believe they did this. I'm like, dude, you just did the same thing a year ago. Like, you right. guys all do the same shit. Yeah. So I don't, but there's such an anti-Lakers thing going on around the rest of the league that this is the part where I don't think Jeannie fully understands it. Like, there's a lot of people that don't love the magic part. And now that he's out, there's a lot of guys that don't really love Palenka. Now, doesn't mean they can't get a deal Can done. Can people stop apologizing for Jeannie, though? Because here's the thing. I don't know what that's about. I never she's, really understood it. And now everybody I'm sticks so up tired for her all the time. How, what, well, she's a brilliant business lady and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, she's been absolutely horrific. Repeat, horrific as a Lakers owner. Horrific. Their whole family has been the worst ownership group of this decade. And I'm including James Dolan. Are you including Robert Sarver? Yeah, I think they've been the worst. I think what we've seen the last thing is the, is the nadir of any ownership group this decade. Because the reality is, when you're the owner, your number one skill is hiring people or, or deficiency, either or. Like, your judgment in who you're surrounding and building your inner circle with and who you're going to trust the day-to-day decision-making is the most important skill that you can have other than paying for players. And, you know, like Paul Gaston with the Celtics way back, just didn't want to pay for players. That leads to the Vin Baker trade. If you're paying for players, which the Lakers aren't afraid to do, then the only other skill you have is, am I hiring the right people? She thought it was a good idea to keep cup check. She thought it was a good idea to put magic and Polinka together. What the fuck? Yeah, right. I mean, that's on her because the origin of it. That's her call. How how are we doing this? All right, well, Magic's going to be this, and then you're going to be this. All right, well, what's the experience? I thought I they mean, were had a relationship, and apparently they didn't. So they I were think, just thrown together. Well, it sounds like Kobe was like, hook this guy up. And then, all right, so we have Magic as the face. We have him as the superstar of the front office. We know he's not going to work as much, but Rob, and I don't think an agent can't do the job. I don't think that's fair, but it sounds like the Well, Kobe the Bob part, Myers shadow, I think, loomed over this because- Bob Myers, former agent, becomes a great GM. And that made people think, well, well why can't that you work? You don't think as it's well? Lon Babby? Lon Babby <laughs> did work as well. You know what I was really rooting for? Now I'm removing my analyst hat and just putting my Celtics fan hat on. I was rooting more than anything for Kobe to get mad about Magic's Plinka's comments and Kobe to lob a grenade at, at Magic. There's still time. Leading to a Kobe Magic Lakers Civil War, which would have polarized that fan base. What would they have done? That that is like the all time mom and dad are fighting, and I don't know what to do. Moment of an NBA fan base. What's that movie? Is it Divergent? What I don't know. Where they have Anne like Hathaway? different factions. Mm-hmm. No, you got it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In, well, what are the different ones, Kyle? Oh, shit. Well, I just know it's the Divergent, series. right? So it's like this futuristic you know thing where these divisions, like that's what it'd be like walking around downtown LA. 
like Kobe guys would have like certain patches and well, then magic you know. <laughs> guys would have patches. And like, if they ran into Jamba juice at the same time, like it fucking go down. The Kobe whipping, DNA is deeper. Yeah. Like kale smoothies, right? In other oh, yeah, drills. The Laker flags being planted. Um, the Kobe, the Kobe, the Kobe numbers. People are right. just like, we're with Kobe right. to the death. Yeah. No matter what he does. They're like we, you think you want to fight. You, yeah. Yeah. We're not fighting this war to win. We're fighting right. for it to never end. Yeah. That's a land war. Yeah. <laughs> You're going in the jungle with the Kobe fighters. <laughs> They're just taking I, I'm, you I'm afraid of even doing this segment we're doing right There's now. There's nothing like, I mean, the Bay Hive for Beyonce is the craziest fan base ever where people are actually afraid to criticize her because they don't want the, them, the, the fans to come at them. There's no sports equivalent of that, but Kobe's probably the closest. Kobe's the closest. The Kobe fans yeah. are out of their minds. Yeah. They're out of their minds. I don't think there's another, I mean, it is on the level of that. Like there isn't another athlete you can really compare it to. They think he's better than LeBron. They actually think like on any list, he should be higher than LeBron James. They, they really genuinely think that. When he spent all summer saying, I'm done with this place. Right. <laughs> and then said, don't trade too much for me. So the new team doesn't suck. And then I'll have Kobe freaks get mad about that sentence. Be like, you always bring that up. Be like, yeah, because it's funny. Because right. it's funny that like Mr. Like, like if it wasn't for the Pau Gasol thing, you know, that thing would have ended so different where they were gift wrapped him. Or but, they made, he made them trade Shaq. Yeah. But he made, also, Shaq wanted a hundred million dollar contract, which I think at the time people were a little scared of. And at the yeah, end but the of move it, was to just play it out, have him get his free agent year and just let him leave. Instead, they took, remember they took that giant Brian Grant contract back? When he got traded, uh, it was like 40 cents on the dollar. When the less. Miami Heat Phoenix trade happened, I thought it was a joke. I remember working that night. Oh, for Marion? Yeah. And they go, hey, Shaq got traded. And I went, what? And then it was Shaq Dis and Robert Sarver with like foam fingers being like, fucking yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked that trade for Phoenix. You did? No. No. I I still feel like that Sun Spurs 2008 series, if it's played 10 times, they win five of them. And then who knows? Maybe they beat the Lakers at that point. I remember Van Pelt ripped on Bieber once. Wow. And that went bad. Like ended up on USA Today. Like sports personality gets in a fight with the belie the believers. We haven't said anything that would make the Kobe fans mad because it's more like they're listening to it going, Yeah, you're fucking right. You're right, we have Kobe's back. What's your point? What's your point, Boston guys? You got a problem like, with that? You got a like, problem with us being fans of Kobe? What? Yeah, whatever. You like Kyrie. I'm like, eh. Yeah. How's your how's your Boston team doing? How's that 67 win team doing? Huh? <laughs> let's so uh, let's take a break and we'll come back. All right, we're going to play a uh, throne game because Rosella didn't get to do it on Sunday night. So we're giving him a shot to give his take on the end of Game of Thrones. Speaking of, the series finale of Hashtag Talk to Thrones, Chris Ryan, Mally Rubin, Jason Concepcion, Emmy winner. Noon. PT on Twitter. So three o'clock East Coast, noon PT, Wednesday, May 23rd. You can listen to them wrap up everything that they felt after uh, thinking about it for a couple of days, reading all the stuff online and all that stuff. So join there. You can go ask some questions, whatever you want. Hashtag Talk to Thrones, three o'clock ET, noon PT. There you go. Oh, and don't forget our YouTube channel, by the way, because if you like Throne Game, Go to youtube.com slash ringer. All of the throne games we've played, we've pulled out of this podcast and made little special YouTube clips. So if you're home one night, it's two in the morning, just watch like eight of them in a row and have like a big gulp. It'll be great. It's a great way to end the night. 
check that out. All right, it's time. All right, throne game. You got an unbelievable compliment from my wife Sunday night. About 20 minutes into the final episode, she goes, I miss Rosillo and his comic relief during the episode. I wish he was here. <laughs> she Ky- said it. She did. Kyle was a witness. We missed your comic relief on Sunday night because we've watched the other Thrones episodes with you. Yeah, I got to tell you, it wasn't the same watching it today, this <laughs> afternoon, <laughs> after the gym. Not like, with the Simmons fam. No, not with you guys. You usually have a couple good lines in there. Yeah. And then Ben swings by and just so napalms <laughs> like whatever scene. You know, it's always, you know, be like, all right, pause. We're going to reset the yeah, decks here. <laughs> ben just farted and left. Yeah. Um, all right. So what were your thoughts? Ending a great show is probably one of the hardest things to do, yeah. right? Movies, you know, to get the thing made, you probably have to come up with some decent ending or it's just one movie that somebody wants to do. Um, I I started thinking back of like shows and how I liked how they ended. I've always, look, The Wire is my favorite show. That's not a small group. Uh, they ended it just kind of by being like, look, this shit just keeps happening over and over again. And that was David Simon's point, which I loved that he wasn't trying to give us this ending that didn't exist. Yeah. But I think that's hard to get things made that way. But when you look at the history of The Wire, like it felt like it was going to get canceled after every single season anyway. So it was kind of like this weird thing and how he was always able to like get HBO to buy back in, which is awesome. So if you're trying to end this thing, in a way that works for everybody when it's already been a season that everybody's been dumping on. And I know that I have a little of this in me too, where if everybody's saying something, sometimes I'm not even basing like, hey, did I enjoy sitting down watching these episodes? Well, yeah, there's some things I had issues with, but I can't stand kind of that that Bayhive protective Game of Thrones group that takes it way too seriously yeah. and has lost their shit and started a petition to have it redone. Like I start to hate them so much that I start to enjoy the episodes maybe more than I should. Right. So I'm so in my own head about the whole thing. You're zagging. Yeah, that I don't even know, I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> I didn't love the finale. It was a real simple test for me. I kept getting distracted during it. Like mm. I would look at my phone or I pulled something up and then I go, I didn't really pay attention to what just happened there. Rewind it. When he kills Danny, I thought it was really cool because you there was a little bit of suspense of like who stabbed who because you hear the blade go in and then it's this breath and they're both sort of looking at each other. And it felt like if you were going to have Jon Snow kill Danny, like what else do you need? What else do you need in finale? And I also think they were trying to do something that was impossible. Uh, what was going to be the twist? I mean, we've already had like two amazing battle scenes and just a six episode stretch here. So what was going to happen? I, I thought the beginning was really cool, but all in all, it it didn't didn't have a moment. I guess I was asking for them to do something that I can't sit here and tell them what they were supposed to do. So it not even as fair. a writer. As a writer, I struggled. Because <laughs> whenever you're pitching this stuff, it's like, okay, how's it end? How's it end? And with this, it was like, I will figure it out. Here's where I've landed. I realized afterwards that with every series finale, everyone is just disappointed afterwards. Because it's happened with every great show of our lifetime, except for Breaking Bad. All right, so why weren't people disappointed with Breaking Bad? Because we knew how it was going to end. We knew he was going to die at the end, and that was it. It had to end that way. I'm on season five. Shit. Oh. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I get scared for a second. But with that one, it was like, we knew how it was going to end. So you could just enjoy the show for what it was. It wasn't like seven other variables. Anytime it's open-ended for how it's going to end, everybody wants it to end this way, this perfect way that they have in their head. And it's just never going to get there. I thought the Wire season finale, however you feel about season five, 
I love the season finale. I thought it was one of the best season finales ever, if not my favorite one. I thought they wrapped up every they wrapped up kind of an awkward plot with the journalist framing stuff, but the way it circled back and you know, Marlo and all that stuff. Um well, Marlo, thing, Marlo like- trying to go real, but somebody taking his corner basically and just like the cycle of life in Baltimore. I thought it was brilliant and people were fucking pissed after that. You know, usually we like these episodes. He's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Or I don't know. Like, this is amazing. It's like, okay, so if you want to do that game, like what would be the massive twist? But then you could also end it. How could you end the storytelling process? Because if you give the audience some crazy twist, then it's like, well, wait a minute. Now I want to know what happens now because I wasn't expecting this. I mean, Jon Snow killed Danny because he felt like he had to in classic Jon Snow way. And yeah, there were some boring stretches. I feel like I have to. (laughs) I mean, it did get a little like, I just don't want it, Bron. I don't want it. <laughs> just I don't want was, to be the coach and the GM. He was whiny. <laughs> I just want to be the coach. Pete Carroll's been really one of the only ones. <laughs> you study the history and you just can't do it. <laughs> it sounds like Patriot games right it's now. Like Bono. Uh, I don't know what we're doing. Well, could would but, it have would it have been would you have been happier if if Stan the Dragon seems like he's going to kill Jon Snow after he realizes Danny's dead? And then he bl- he blow dries the throne and melts the throne. The end. No, because it's cheesy, too cheesy. No. I thought I thought the torching of the throne was kind of like so. What have the dragons been paying attention this whole time? Hey, it's a smart dragon. They were homeschooling him. Okay, but he didn't realize like that. <laughs> Jon Snow just killed his mom. <laughs> we're homeschooling. Him. He did. He, he, he got re- extra reps once his brothers died. No, he. <laughs> Him and Danny had that ESP thing going. Yeah, so now she she's dead with call a him. blade. And yeah. so now he's sniffing around, seeing if she's still awake. And then Jon Snow's just sitting there and he torches the throne instead of the guy that just killed his... Well, Jon Snow's a Targaryen, right? Oh. Can't kill somebody with Targaryen blood. Uh, Smart. I thought, the more I've thought about it, and I watched it a second time to make sure it was the right reaction, Tyrion basically solving everything while in handcuffs was just insane. I can't believe they did that. I wish they had asked anybody whether that was a good idea. Just, hey, like, guys, should we do this? Yeah. What if Tyrion's in hand? Like, at least not have him in handcuffs and he's been exonerated because Danny's gone and now he's not going to go to jail or whatever. He did, he's gonna go. he did a great job of selling how rough a week it had been, though. Yeah. Like, he had to go, oh, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I've said too much. Rough times. And then, you know, Grey Worm's like, shut up. Or solve the world's problems in a quick soliloquy here. And then I think one of my favorites was was the first guy getting up who we haven't seen in forever. Yeah. He's like, well, uh, the uncle. Um, well, we're here. And Sansa's like, sit down. And then I love that. Sam, I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah. I thought that was funny. And then when Sam got up, it was like, why doesn't everyone have a vote? Right. And they were like, shut up, loser. <laughs> that part I like. Like, oh, I should have my horse get one too. Right. Fat ass. I don't think they said fat ass. Uh, I that, liked that part. I thought was funny. There's some social media stuff about how Tyrion makes this case, how Bran the Broken, you know, what unites all of us is stories. Well, he has the best story. And some people on Twitter are like, are we sure he has the best story? Like he broke his back and can see things, but is that better than Arya's story? Who can change her face and kill the Night King and was this orphan girl who did all this stuff? Doesn't, if you're going to sit down and hear people's stories, wouldn't you rather hear the Arya stories? No? Well, anyone over his. Any any stories over his. 
I mean, so, any hang with Bran. Yeah. That's like, the other hey, thing. I, a king's got to be like at least inspiring or a good hang or fearful. Like Bran's just kind of a freak. He's weird. It's an interesting choice. He never got fun. Genie bus or, Fran, or Bran? Genie. You yeah. go Genie over yeah. Bran. Yeah. At least I know what I'm getting with her. <laughs> with Bran, Bran, I'm like... It's getting weird stories. It's just a wild card. Like, so that whole time you knew? Yeah. Because that's kind of what he says. Feel free to tell us what's going to yeah. happen because you know everything. You know, we've been sitting here for an hour. Yeah. And you were like, well, I came back for a reason. Well, to be the king. But then it's kind of like... They weren't going to make him just a straight up king because Sansa is like, hey, by the way, we're out again. We like cold and dreary. That's our deal. So I'm going to have a queen roll up there and you guys can fight over Dorne. Um, Dorne, not a huge factor the last couple of years. I just, I think it's really easy to be pissed off about all this stuff. But you know, whenever anybody, think about just anyone walking around right now. And you go, you know, it'd be a great show like, I work construction, the contractor site. It's always crazy stories going on and all yeah. sorts of shenanigans. Oh, you know what would be really good is, is a show about a makeup room. Because, oh, my God, it's somebody creating all the gossip and all stuff. It's like, okay, but what's the story? Yeah. Not just a collection of funny things that have happened to you on the construction site. Like, who's the main character? What are we watching? And where is this going? What season? Because nobody wants to hear season one and then I'm kind of out of ideas because no one makes any money until like season three and then real money until season five. That's how all this shit works. So the first time you ever, and this is just me knowing the basics of this, is that- You're a writer. Yeah, as as a writer, producer, um, you know, no one, no one cares about your clever story or cool idea until it's like, where's this going in season five where we can all make a lot of money on this? Yeah, And some shows suffer because of that. But I feel like landing this thing with a way that was acceptable to everybody was basically impossible anyway. With 52 characters that you've established over the, over the course of the show. It's like, we're going to tie up all these stories. Can't. Yeah. So Zach not- Cram wrote a great piece for us today, actually, in The Ringer about the 40 loose ends heading into the season, how many of them were actually tied up. And it was like 13 of the 40. And... You know, this goes back to the Russian and the Sopranos. When I the can't Russian believe runs you the just woods. said that. Because I was just thinking, what do you mean do I remember? And No, but remember how mad people were that it yeah. never got resolved? That's like, I kind of think that was the point. That's That he, sometimes you put people on a show and you think it's going to pay off and it doesn't, but it made your brain move and wonder and think and that's all he's trying to do. They should have just shown him working at Best Buy with like a scar. <laughs> you want an email receipt or printed? Well, you know, in the Godfather saga, the guy... When uh, Michael Corleone gets married, spoiler alert, 1972 movie, but he gets married to Apollonia, the beautiful Apollonia. And then the the one of the bodyguards sets him up and the car blows up. He kills that bodyguard at the it, at some point in one, they didn't use it. And then in two, and they didn't use that either. They had two different revenge scenes where he died that they took out. And the point is storytelling. Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes you can't resolve stuff with booth sense. I can't believe you, you brought up the Russian guy because it's the first thing I thought of, of because of, I forever was like, what's going on with the Russian guy? And then you're like, why does everything need to be solved? Why does everything, and I started thinking That's about- That's why the, he did so, it. I started thinking about the Sopranos finale and I remember, you know, I was in a hotel when I was doing those Connecticut shifts and I couldn't wait. Like, I think I, you know, was like, I don't want to know anything that's happening, you know, and, uh, and it ended and I was pissed. I was I, too. I was like, what? Like, you're not going to give us any resolution. You're not going to give us anything. And then years and years later, it was, 
no, the viewer got whacked. I was like, man, that's a really cool theory. And then he ended up saying that's not what it was at all. But everybody kind of wanted to run with it, like as if we got shot as the viewer and we're taken out of the story. It's like Tony Allen's torn hamstring. <laughs> yeah, you forget. Verno's like people he, forget if his a, hamstring was healthy, he'd, yeah. they win the series. Conley has two more rings. Yeah, Conley maybe is Curry at that point. Right, you just don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah, the Sopranos thing made me really mad, and then I rewatched the whole show this year, and the final episode after knowing what the surprise is at the end. It's actually an amazing episode. It's really great, but the ending threw people off, and it wasn't what they wanted. And everybody got mad. Seinfeld, people got mad. Mad Men, nobody, probably a little more favorable, but people still got mad that it all tied around to what it did at the end. I don't want to spoil that one. But I, Breaking Bad's the only one I remember people being happy with. MASH, I think Boston people got mad. Common. St. Elsewhere. 90s. Going, going way back. 90s sitcom. The Cheers last one, I remember. I don't remember people being 100% back. That Di Diane comes back at the end. They people were, were pissed about Alf. <laughs> that no, Alf that's a good point. No. Nine two and zero is probably one of the best ones too. I'm 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 kidding. It wasn't. There's I don't remember that. There's nobody like. I think somebody got married. Didn't somebody die? No. No. I think David and Donna finally got married. I have not rewatched that catalog. <laughs> you have to run that back. <laughs> I never two and zero rewatchables. I've been pretty lonely at times. I've never gone. All right, we're gonna bang through these DVDs for the next month. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. No more Thrones. We're done. You hit everything. Yeah, I don't really think I have much else to add to it. I, okay. I just, I feel like the stakes, this was a warning to everybody, whoever does the next great show, that no matter how you end it, people are going to be pissed off because the expectations are so high that, so, you know, clearly with my profession, I'm more sympathetic towards it. <laughs> All right. We're coming back next week with the finals preview. Done. Great. Till then. All right, thanks to the zone. Don't forget to go to DAZN.com. Thanks to Simply Safe. Easy to use protection, no contracts, fair prices, engineered to keep working during power outages or down Wi Fi. And they're from Boston. Go with the only home security I trust, Simply Safe, by going to simplysafe.com slash BS. Simply Safe with two eyes, simplysafe.com slash BS. And thanks to Home Depot. Where can you get the best in home decor? The Home Depot is thousands of on trend pieces to fill your space, plus in store returns and free and flexible delivery. Shop homedepot.com slash decor. Save up to 10% with code BS Home Depot. Valid on select items online only. Free delivery on select items. $45 or more. Visit homedepot.com. For more information, we are back on Thursday. And speaking of Thursday, we have a new rewatchables 1999 coming up as well. The Insider. Me, Chris Ryan, Shop Fantasy. Until then.